gonna ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dip. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here, and welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken right from the YouTube live sesh. I opened it up to questions on dating, relationships, social dynamics, anything in the world of human interaction. So you guys can join those live sessions over on YouTube basically every Friday, 10 a.m. Australian Central Standard Time, for the time being anyway. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip of social dynamics every Friday, you can sign up to the free weekly email newsletter, The Bowl Sip. Every week, I send out a free article on Fridays. That's actually taking me quite a bit of time to write nowadays. They used to be pretty quick, but now I go real deep into them. I also use it as a way to update the resources of wisdom, which you guys can find at boldojo.com. So any quotes I found that week, uh, any music, updates to the Panda Emperor Sexy Time playlist or the We Take 9000 playlist, you know, all those things, anime, documentaries, movies, anything that's going to the resources of wisdom, you can stay up to date with that through the bowl sip so all you have to do to sign up to it is just head to boldojo.com slide your email in and then check your inbox for the confirmation email and also for all emails going forward if you don't think you've received it on friday just check your promotions folder in gmail or your spam folder in outlook etc because basically any email that has links in it gets automatically thrown into the uh, promotions thing so if you don't think you got it, just check those folders, okay? Now, if you guys are looking to dive into a little bit of deeper educational content, you can head over to boldoja.com and number one, pick up the brand new guided meditation, Eternal Energy. It's a deep dive into who you are and a guiding hand into evolving beyond. Featuring five tracks. Number one, cultivating your scented energy. Number two, revealing your darkness. Number three, creating your light. Number four, unlocking your sexual flow. And finally, wrapping things up with the fifth track, One Energy returning you back to the hole. It took me a solid two months to produce that bad boy and it's an absolute journey. So if you would like to dive into something a lot deeper, go ahead and pick that up at boldoja.com. Along with that, if you are looking to get your day game sorted, your social dynamics sorted, if you've been walking down the street and you're seeing a beautiful woman, you just don't know what the hell to do with yourself, well then I've got you covered there as well. Adam's Crash Course Kick-Ass Day Game eBook is also available at boldoja.com. Quick action guide. Most importantly, it is not a sit in your chair at home and read and then go hmm that sounds theoretically reasonable you need to actually get out there and apply that's what it's intended to be used when i created it it was meant to be something you go out with come home with reference with in terms of real world action it just doesn't really make sense until you're actually going out there and meeting people so that's what it's intended for you want to use it as your uh, teacher as your guide as your kind of pseudo adam along your journey. Along with that, I highly recommend pairing up a 30-day challenge with it. Anyone who buys the ebook, you just need to check your emails within 24 to 48 hours afterwards. I personally email basically everyone with a little tips for the ebook. And in that email, I recommend you get on a 30-day challenge and pair that with the ebook. Uh, it's just it harkens back to how I got my journey and how I corrected my life at the beginning, corrected my social freedom, freedom of choice in my dating life came through the 30-day challenge it's powerful so that's what i highly recommend and if you guys want more uh information on the 30-day challenge i often drop links in that email as well and then finally for those that are really looking to dive deeper create action plans bust through their limiting beliefs i do offer one-on-one skype coaching 
the bowl inside is probably the best way to go, which is for my deeper level clients who sign up to packages. Packages are completely customizable to you based on frequency, based on volume. But basically what bowl inside members get over once off Skype sessions is number one, priority messaging. They get access to my private WhatsApp number and within 24 hours, I will respond to them outside of Australian weekends based on anything. They need feedback on a situation they're dealing with this girl, this guy, family members, business relationships, etc. Want to check that text conversation, want to send me that audio, I'm going to be there for them. The second benefit Bowl Insiders get is priority bookings, which basically means you get fast-tracked that if you want to get in a session today and maybe someone was 50-50 about it, well, you get that session. You get your session times prioritized above everyone else. And especially for my clients uh, around the world with arranging time zones, it proves to be quite beneficial. So if you are interested in diving into the Bowl Inside packages, then you can just hit me up at bowldojo.com. In the product section, you find all the links there and actually the links to everything I've just spoken about, guided meditation, ebook, all at bowldojo.com. Just hit the product section and I'll see you soon. Now, if you guys would like to support this channel directly, you can donate anything that you wish through the PayPal link. You can do this two ways. Number one, on bowldojo.com, in the Boulderjo podcast section, there's actually a donate straight through the website uh, link right in that section there. So you guys can get that. Or you can also just go straight to PayPal, which is paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui, and you can donate anything that you wish. And I just want to say that whether you donate through the Super Chat on YouTube or you do it directly through the website or PayPal, anything that you donate is so greatly appreciated. It just helps keeping this show going. It lets me know that you guys truly value it. So thank you so much for all that have donated in the past and for all that will in the future. Anthony Kanchesta. And with all that being said, let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yosha! Moshere. Moshere. And she's like, all right, yeah, sure, let's go. And she's like super down. She's, she's in agreement. She's reciprocating the energy. It's all great. It's all being amazing. Right, very short period of time as well. The first day was only a couple of days ago. So we go to Roshan's, get that sweet and sour pork, take it home. We'll get into, we eat when we're here. We're fucking around, play some guitar. Uh, she's actually really flexible. She's showing me like these backwards hand, you know, those reverse roll things where people bend their spines backwards. I can't, I sure as hell can't do that. But it was awesome to watch. And uh, it's actually pretty sexy when a girl does it as well. And so... After that point, we progressed to my bedroom. We're on my bed. I'm showing her how to play guitar. She can't play it to save her life. But I make I go to kiss her while she's playing guitar. Guitar gets thrown on the floor. It's okay. It's a very cheap guitar. We start making out very intensely, very heated. Uh, it was winter at the time, so we did have a reasonable amount of clothing on. Uh, it's coming off real quick. She's taking her jumper off. She's trying to take my clothes off. And that's when you know the, that she's really aligned with it, when she's trying to take your clothes off for you. And it's just all signs of green. It's all green lights at this point. We're both feeling the moment. Uh, we get down to a woman's leggings, a pantyhose, yeah? Where, but what was interesting about this was she wasn't wearing any underwear under her pantyhose. Now, some women do and some women don't, I have found over my experiences in life, and they always align with what the woman expects is going to happen tonight. I just, I, this is my one-on-one. I'm just sharing a one-on-one here, you guys. I have not done statistical research on uh, women's decision-making in this area. It's just an experience I've experienced in my life, which is that you guys know what I'm talking about. Imagine leggings, but they're super, super thin. Pantyhose, that's what they're called. 
they probably call them something different in the rest of the world, but they're very thin, stretchy, elastic, and uh, they're not like yoga pants. They're not like workout gear. Women wear them underneath skirts uh, to cover their legs. Uh, typical uh, Japanese women. Think about Japanese women, always wear that style. You know, kind of like short skirt, but the pantyhose. But a lot of women I've noticed on dates that are really keen, that are really fired up for the interaction and want to get into a deeper sexual experience, they often don't wear underwear underneath that. Yet what I found is that with women who need to take it at a slower pace and that are not quite sure about this, they often do wear underwear underneath the pantyhose. Just an interesting mention, something I thought I would, an observation I thought I'd share. It's not like a hard and fast rule. It's not saying it's not me saying that this is exactly what happens with every single woman. You might be a woman listening to this going, oh, that doesn't apply to me at all. Well, fine. Okay, it's not you then. <laughs> it's just I've noticed this quite a bit. And it's something that I noticed of her. Was that even though it was quite a cold, quite a cold night, I remember. When I went to take off her skirt, she had like a black short skirt, pantyhose on, black pantyhose underneath it. She wasn't wearing any underwear underneath it. And the way that I could tell is because as I, as we were making out there on the bed, taking off her skirt, I'm basically, I think I've probably got underwear on. This is when I used to wear underwear. We can talk about that. <laughs> it's, just, it's just such a, it's such a, let me derail the podcast. But I was probably wearing my Calvins at the time. And I'm, that's basically what I'm wearing at this point. And she's topless up top. And as I go to take off her black skirt, she's fine with that and everything's fine making out. But then as I reach down, still keeping, she's, her pantyhose is still on. As I reach down over the top, so not underneath the pantyhose, and I go to, I go to, I go down to that pearl spot, right? I go to start massaging deep down where her vagina is. She's extremely wet, ridiculously, just basically fountain, fountain level. And she's extremely turned on, extremely engaged, and she's extremely animalistic with me as well. She's biting on me. She's pushing me around. She's very free-flowing is what I'm saying of her sexuality. So I'm noticing this. Then once I feel that, you know, the pace is building and building and building, I then take my hand up and go underneath her pantyhose to start fingering her. When that happens, she goes, hold up. She goes, hold up. She breaks off the kissing, grabs my hand, pulls it back up and says, you're going to be my boyfriend, right? You're going to be my boyfriend, right? And in like the most gentle and subtlest of lotus flower ways. You're going to be my boyfriend, right? Hang on. What? What? What are you talking about? What? Again, the short-circuiting of the mind. We are in the depths of animalistic sexual flow. She short-circuits that, takes my hand back out. But you're going to be my boyfriend, right? And I say to her, just like, I kind of like shake my cheeks out. I'm like, it's like what are you talking about? And that's actually how I responded. Like, we've like, I almost started laughing because of how ridiculous this, what she's just said. It's like, so what are you trying to do here? This is what I was going to talk about at the beginning of the podcast. What are you trying to achieve here? What are you trading sex for? Because she knows why she's saying it. What are you trying to trade sex for? You're attempting to trade... She was attempting to trade sex for social security. In X's story, she was attempting to trade sex for financial security. In my story, and which is why I said it's far more relatable to you guys and for everyone else in the world, 
Because most women aren't going to go to the extent of getting you naked and about to literally penetrate and then say, you need to give me money and gifts. That's not going to be, most people are not going to be able to relate to that story. I can't. I've never experienced that in 10 years. But what I can relate to is a girl who's attempting to achieve social security, the boyfriend. That I will use sex, I will use sexual stimulation because I know that this is a commodity that he values. And I will use that to attain social security. I will get a boyfriend at the end of it. I will make sure that when I go home that night, because remember guys, this this wasn't a cold interaction. We have mutual ties. What's she going to go back to her personal trainer, my the friend, the female personal trainer that she trains with? What's she going to say to her when she asks, "Oh, how's your date with Adam? How do things go?" And she goes, "Ah, uh, well, we had sex." She goes, "What? You had sex? You really beat out? That was like the second day, right? You guys, and you barely even met up for like an hour on the first date. There's gonna be a lot of judgment. It's gonna be a lot of judgment coming her way." But by the way, guys, this wasn't 2020. This is when I was a personal trainer. This is 2013, 2014. So sexual liberty was not where it is now. For a girl to be, it was even more uh, bespoke. It was even more looked down upon to be sexually liberal. Nowadays, it's all about the feminist movement, be as sexual liberal as you possibly can. At least from the feminist point of view, like take control of your sexuality. But back in those days, no, women were really shamed. Really shamed for getting into sexual interactions very quickly. I'm not saying they still aren't by certain people today, but it was even more abrasive back when I was coming up 2013, 2014. So, so what's she going to say? She's going to say that, well, we just had sex. And then, so my, the female personal trainer would have said, oh, so you guys like going out now? And she doesn't have any answers to that. She goes, oh, well, nah, I guess, no, nah, I think we're just going to keep it open and free. No, she can't handle that. She's not going to handle that. That's She has not experienced that before. This is not her way of doing things. If she's going to get into a sexual experience with me, she must achieve social security on the end of it in the form of a boyfriend. That is the only way it is socially acceptable for her to enter and allow her sexual freedom to flow in this moment. Because on an organic, animalistic, primal sense, all she wants to do is to enjoy this sexual moment. When we eliminate her ego and my ego and we just come together as one, all we want to do is to connect and to flow together as we always should have, organically. Forget about the framework, put the connection first. That is what we both want to do. But something intercepts that connection and that is the framework of her needing social security so that her friends and family will not shun her and ostracize her for being sexually free-flowing. As if a woman should ever be shunned for that our most natural innate state to be sexually connected with the feminine masculine. Ridiculous. But that's the current state of her reality. That's her no, That's her reality right now. So as I'm down, as I go to put my hand down her pantyhose to finger her from the real flesh to flesh, she takes my hand back up and says, but she couldn't be my boyfriend, right? What? Whoa, what are you talking about? Like in my mind, because it's the first time I experienced... It's like it made no sense. And I actually said, what are you talking about? I almost started laughing. And she started laughing a little bit. But then goes, but then she like cuddles real close to me, comes right up to my neck and starts licking my neck and and grabbing me quite 
abrasively in that area. And she goes, but you're going to be my boyfriend, right? You're going to be my boyfriend, right? And I'm like, hang on, hang on, hang on. So I take her hand off my, off the piece and I separate back and go, what do you mean I'm going to be your boyfriend? It's like we barely know each other. And it's like, this is not, I can't, and in the words of my client, that's not right. And like what X said in his story. And I was like, that, that can't be right. It's like, we don't really know each other. But I'm like, I'm like back, like I'm like literally pushing her away from me going like, hang on a second, like stop touching me. This is a real problem. This is a huge issue. What are you talking about? And she goes, well, she was like, well, we, we can't do this. We can't do this if you're not going to be my boyfriend. And so this is where now the joy drops. This is where the light or the laughter and like the, oh, you're just like kind of fucking around, you know, like, and me just like being a bit shocked. Now it's like, oh. No, it's like, this is real now. She's getting serious now. She's not going to allow this to progress until I say to her in this moment, we're basically naked at this point. I'm in my Calvins. She's in her pantyhose. Genitals have been fired up, lubed up. And this is not going to progress unless I commit to serious serial monogamy. Social security. So what do I do? I say, nah. This is not right. I can't do this with you. So I can't do this with you. It's at this stage in my social development, I was deep in open and free casual relationships with a couple other girls. Like I was deep in learning about myself in relation to others and really enjoying the pain of that, of learning what it means to detach from uh, having, having other women see other guys while I'm with them. Deep in learning those lessons of pain. And so no way am I going to forsake my stage of the journey just because in a acute moment I could potentially have sex right now because because again the same opportunity is presented as was presented for X I could have been a dick I could have just lied to her and said yep fine we'll be boyfriend had sex with her get the sexual penetration and then just said to her actually nah I'm not feeling it and then not being it not being over it I could have I could have done that but I'm not going to do that direct congruent authentic I separate there hard as a fucking rock Calvin's are on Literally, my hands are wet from her. I said, we can't do this then. It's like, fine, we'll, we'll, just, we'll just be friends. And just like two chopsticks in the bed. We sat, we lay there. We stopped touching each other. Two chopsticks in the bed. By the way, guys, this is when I still just had a king single. So it was a small bed. It's not, it's, it's not that double. And, and so she's lying there next to me. She stopped all that kind of like licking me and touching me because I really pushed her away. Like physically, I had to separate away from me. But she's still in the bed. And so we just like, just like kind of calm down because we were both a little bit out of breath because the sexual pace was getting very aggressive. So our heart rates are coming down. We're kind of just calming down a little bit. I'm just lying there on my back, just going, just breathe, just relax. Like just just that typical, uh, if you guys imagine uh, child Goku from original Dragon Ball, he used to walk around like this a lot. And, uh, and I used to have a figurine of Goku with his giant Kame turtle uh, when he used to be under the training of Master Roshi. And he, he was doing this pose. And so I was just lying there in bed with my hands behind my head, just like, just trying to breathe, just trying to stay positive, like not trying to get dark or aggro about it. Because really, even though it wasn't as bad of a betrayal as what X had experienced, it was still a betrayal. I thought everything was going uh, very authentically. Everything was going great. She had not showed me any signs of this type of power play move. Because this is a power play move. It's not as dark as the sex and as the money and gifts, 
but because that's financial security. This is social security though. And it's still just as painful for me going that we could have had something organic together, but now you've intercepted the organic connection with framework and you've sullied the waters. You've betrayed my trust. It's like you never should have taken me to this point. As a woman, you never should have taken me to the point of where basically where I was had my fingers inside your body, you had your hand stroking my body, and then dropped that bomb of we can only progress if you're going to agree to a framework stipulation of social security of being my boyfriend. It's fine. I have no problem with you attempting to get into a relationship with me at another time, at another stage. But don't use your body, don't use your sexual commodity to try and achieve that sexual and social security. It's not the way this to be done. You lose my respect, you lose my trust, you lose the authenticity. And now, now what's going to happen? Now what's going to happen? Like what can be done from here? The bridge has already been burned, has it? Hang on. Hang on. No, it hasn't. Because I'm still a young guy learning. The bridge is already burnt if it's Adam in 2020 who's had 10 years of experience and dealt with this a few times. But this was a young Adam. This is a 2013, 2014-ish Adam. No, 2013 Adam. Yeah, 2012, 2013 Adam. I was still learning. So we've just been extremely hot and heavy in the bed. I've made my decision that, no, I'm not, I'm not going to continue this sexuality if, you, if, you, if I become your boyfriend and have to break all my principles. That's not going to happen. So we're lying there in bed, in bed, two chopsticks in the bed. She turns over and just lays in my arms. She's like, she just very casually after a few minutes just turns over and just rests her head on my chest and just lays in my arms. Because remember, I'm in, I'm in kid Goku mode. And she just turns over, heads there, just breathing. No words being said. I'm like, this is, in my mind though, I'm like, no, you don't. I'm like, no, you fucking don't. You're not going to trick me. You're not going to trick me. I know what you're doing here. I know what you're doing here. You're trying, to, you're trying to get that goose loose. You're trying to loosen up that goose. And in my mind, I'm like, nope. Nope. It's not going to happen. Even though she hasn't done anything sexual, remember, sexual is not just physical. Sexual is emotional. Sexual is a connection of energies. And when she puts her head on my chest and starts that, just that gentleness, she knows what she's doing. So I'm, I'm kid Goku and I'm staying, I'm staying calm. I'm not touching it. Remember, she's topless and I'm in my Calvins and she's in the pantyhose. You know, we're not rugged up. <laughs> that just came out great. <laughs> I got to get this story going. I was going to lose myself here. So we're there. We're there. And she mounts me. She mounts me. She goes from that just gentle lying down on my chest. She climbs up on top of me. Genital to genital connection is what I'm speaking of here. And I'm saying, what are you doing? I'm like, literally, I'm like, what are you doing? Looking at her as she goes, we're just friends, right? We're just friends. What, are you, what is a young sage shinobi supposed to do? What is a young monk supposed to do when this girl 
who you thought everything was going authentically well with, all of a sudden, just as you're getting extremely hot and heavy, you're starting to rub each other up and down, goes in and says, hey, hang on, we can't do this unless you're going to be my boyfriend. You step away from that and you say, listen, that's not going to happen. You break from it. She plays a slight, shy fucking cat move and putting her head on my chest and just just breathing up and down on my chest, lull me into a false sense of security. I'm saying, no, this is not going to happen. Then she mounts up on top of me, general to general, rubbing connection and goes, we're just friends, right? It we're just friends. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? This is like what is going in my mind. I'm like, do I take her off me? Do I do I allow this to happen? Do I just go out of the fucking room and make some tea? Do I just like just hut hut? I'm gonna make some tea and just go out of the room. That's what I should have done. What do you think I did? What do you think I did when you've got a topless, attractive woman who's just mounted you and is grinding her her feminine jewels on top of yours? You pull her by the back of the neck and you start making out of her. Yes, sir! That's what I'm talking about. What else am I going to do in that moment if you're a 19-year-old who has not been through this before and you are untrained and you are doing your best to maintain your principles, even though you know where this is going to lead. It's like the, the power of human sexuality and connection in the moment. It's too much. I can't handle this. Fuck you, Adam. Let's do it. And it's just, I pull up by the back of the day. The human, the, the, the pace of the sexuality now is just like full-blown makeout, fully grabbing everything. We're basically having just dry sex at this point. Although it's not dry at all. She is ridiculous ridiculously wet there is just fountains of moisture coming out and we haven't even actually penetrated and then that whisper a few moments passed by you could be my boyfriend right (sighs) oh mama what are we talking about here you could be my boyfriend right We've gone from you're going to be my boyfriend, right? To you we're just friends to now again, you're going to be my boyfriend, right? What is she doing here? She is a masterfully playing this young sage in training. She is a masterfully deceiving me. She has done things only now telling you guys this story that I can now comprehend. That thinking back, looking back on it, she was a master of sexual deception. The way that she calmed me the way that she took me to the first point and then realized that oh he's not gonna be okay with that okay so instead of just like giving up then and there she deceived me by lulling me into that false sense of security of that just head on the chest just lying down this is this is nothing this is nothing dangerous we can do this then like a fucking cat jumps up on top of me, starts mounting me and grinding her on self on top of me. And then knowing that how I'm going to react because I'm, she, she knows I'm a young, I'm the young panda sage in training. My panda art has not been fully developed. That, that bamboo munching jutsu is not there yet. And so all of a sudden the makeout happens. She's got me back, right back into it, right back where we first started the vacuum, the suction, the hurricane, I'm right back in the depths of it. All right, I'm under the genjutsu is what I'm saying. I am under some high level, some Itachi level genjutsu here, which I, the Sharingan has been placed upon me. The Mangekyo Sharingan is deep within me. I don't know where the fuck I am at this point. And then 
but I hear it, but then I get woken back up. I get woken back up when she says to me again, you're going to be my boyfriend, right? At this point, I'm probably already, I'm probably close to already ejaculation with the level of intensity of the dry humping that's going on. She knows this. She knows what's going on here. And that's when I again wake up though, you know, as if, as if someone, as, as if someone else's chakra has just been injected into me. I wake up from the genjutsu and, and realize, no, we can't do this. And so I throw her off me, like I, I push her off me down to the side of the bed and I, I get up. I like, I, cause she was on the left side of the bed and that's where the rest of the room is. I climb over her and just start walking around the room like this. Just, oh, no, it's like, no, this is not right. This is not acceptable under the Geneva Convention of Sexual Progression. This is not right. <laughs> no, not that I said that, but that's, that's like what my behavior is trying to tell her. Is you can't keep doing this to me. And so she, she gets, uh, what do you guys think happens? Just like with X's story, she gets distance now because I literally physically took myself out of it now. It's like, she's like, she gets physically cold now. She kind of shuts down. She's, she's not that same free-flowing fun girl that she was before. <sighs> Fuck me. <laughs> What's a young sage in training supposed to do? No summoning jutsu could have helped me out. Fucking Jiraiya was not there. I had no master to help me out in that moment. So is that where the story ends? Basically, but there's one little, there's one finishing piece. That's where the exciting bit ends. Now the re- now reality hits. Now it's like, I sit back down on the bed and she sits up and she goes, oh, I think I'm going to go then. And I'm like, yeah, it's probably a good idea. Probably a good idea that you should leave. We call the bus to my place. She knows the bus back. But I said, I'll walk you back to the bus stop. And I, but before I do, I just ask her, like, why is it so important for me to, to be your boyfriend? It's like, weren't things good before? And she goes, yeah, things were good before. But, you know, you don't know what it's like from my friends and family. You don't know what the expectations are like on me, especially... You know, a lot of my friends already have like, a lot of long-term relationships. They're talking about getting married, talking about having kids and all these things. And I'm still single. And I'm like, oh, okay. So now, not to the same degree that X's girl just broke down in tears and attempted to play the weak infant. She was still entering weak infant mode, just not as intense. And so you know, I had that little empathy moment for her and go, hey, well, Listen, even though like, I know where you're at and it's not cool that you try to sexually uh, fandangle me and you try to essentially roger me, you try to sexually roger me, <laughs> it's not cool. Like, I'm laughing because I like that term, fucking roger me. But it's, it's not cool, so we shouldn't progress this, but I still, you know, I wish the best for you. At that time of development, I wasn't ready to try and dive in and help her to help her through uh, her pain and help herself through that. I just wanted to extricate. I didn't want to see this girl again at this point because she really had taken me through the fucking ringer. She completely rogered me and uh, fucking Marshall rogered my wife. And so I, 
that's where I left it there. But be uh, be it as it was, for what it was, I hope to my client that could offer you some point of relation. Uh, yes, yes, some women as a result of their pain points of their hurt lockers will attempt to achieve financial or social security via the means of offering you sex and sexual connection. Are we trying to pre-screen for this? Nah, nah. If she's uh, if she's trained well enough in this dark pattern of behavior, you'll know, you, there's nothing you can pre-screen. It's, it's like she's going to... The very thing that allows you to get into that moment with her is the fact that she's actually able to flip the switch of authentic connection which is a very sociopathic and narcissistic uh, trait, very bipolar. And some women are very good at this and learn to become very good at this because of their past pain and their hurt lockers. This is a survival mechanism for them. But we haven't even talked about women who are on the payroll. This is something that I thought we were going to talk about. I will in a second if you guys want to know about women on the payroll, but I just want to address some of you in the chat and then we'll finish it off. But if you guys enjoyed that, that story, drop a thumbs up on this video down below if you haven't already. And uh, if you listen to this in post on the podcast, come back and drop me your thoughts in the comments. Be most appreciated. Ah, man, no sexy jutsu put on me. <laughs> that was a sexy jutsu. Oh my gosh, sexy no jutsu. That was awesome. Okay, so. Actually, a lot of you have been pretty quiet in the chat. Tucker McCurnus comes in saying, ha ha, great story in reference to the, uh, we'll call that, we'll forever refer to that as the sexy jutsu story, okay? It says, ah, great story. C. Diada comes in saying, I'm just got your CD. CD comes in saying, what a crazy story, lol. Love it with the laughing emoji. Thank you for being here, CD, and thank you for that feedback. Appreciate it. It was fucking hectic. Takumi then went on to say, I love listening to all these stories on social Q&A. Feels like it broadens my horizons and prepares me for future potentials. That's why we tell them. That's why I tell these stories with absolutely explicit depth. You know, it, it wouldn't be the same sexy jutsu story if I didn't tell you that she was wet as a fountain and uh, she was lubing my piece up like aggressively and mounting. These explicit details are important because it only paints her level of deception. You know, if I had just left those elements out and just said, you know, we were in bed together having some fun, you know, what would that do? Well, that bloody do. That would, what would that do for your mind? It, it doesn't make the story real, which is why I like these sessions to be extremely explicit, even if they do get uh, demonetized by YouTube. Fuck it. I don't care. I don't care. The story is the story. I will not be censored because of that. If one day we do, then we'll find a different platform. But I need to be able to tell these stories in explicit nature. Okay, so thank you for that feedback, T. And yes, absolutely. Uh, the stories are what make these podcasts for sure. Your stories. X's story was ridiculous. My story doesn't come close. Like my story's funny because you guys get to hear about an earlier Adam who's in his development and just getting fandangled, getting rogered, getting absolutely genjutsued by this girl. And it's like, it's like that's, that's where I came from. It's like, I didn't know any better. It was my first time experiencing that. Oh, I said there was another story as well that was similar because that's happened to me a couple of times actually, but not to the same depth of, it didn't play on for so long. I have had other experiences where girls have started making out me in the bed and say, but we're going to be together, right? We're going to be boyfriend, right? Boyfriend and girlfriend, right? 
but they haven't gone to the point of literally me massaging their vagina and she's lubing up my piece and then drops that on me. That's only happened once. But I have had some other experiences where girls, now I get to like make out and then they'll say, but we're going to be together, right? And then you go, you're still tested. It's still test. It's still not a proper play on her part. It's still a, a complete uh, betrayal of the space. But because she knows you're on the precipice of sex here, but she hasn't gone as so as far to actually touch you about it yet. So that's happened a couple of times. But it's not the majority. It's not the majority. You're not going to see this all the time. But it's worth addressing for when it does happen. <clears throat> okay, okay, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Pumped up, bloody pumped up in this session. Okay, so Jay New then comes in saying, "Fantastic story. We'll definitely share if I get into something wild." Yeah, guys, definitely. Uh, always feel free to email me at adam at bulldozer.com. <clears throat> uh, if you have any of these deep stories, you can always, of course, message me on Instagram. But if they're really deep stories that like are essay length, may as well just email me. Just go to bulldozer.com. There are email submission forms there. Okay. Then Johnny Jnew, the old Jnew, drops a $1.99 US super chat <laughs> with two words. Two words and a grammar point saying, mansion story? Because <laughs> <laughs> he put a question mark at the end of it. All right, Jnew. All right. We'll fucking tell the munches the mansion story then. Why not? Why fucking not? We'll do it. But just before we do... A username I've never seen before in this chat. Oh, but hang on. All right, we'll get back to that in a sec. Uh, his name's Fabulous, or whoever it is, his name's Fabulous, says, Interesting. I wonder. Young, feeling hot, but maybe wanting sense of comfort, security, emotionally, etc. It's crazy the mind doesn't shut off. Her conscience kicks back in. Kicks back in. Not right, lol. It's actually not a bad description. Yeah, because as I said before, she's trading sex for social security, which is definitely comfort. Comfort of how she goes back to her friends and family and rationalizes her sexuality. Oh, mama. Takumi then comes and saying, Yeehaw, let's go mention story, baby. Add my super chat to this story. All right, so, okay. So Takumi and Jane Nu have combined their super chats for the mansion story. I said before that this is the only, this is the, this is, it's not my greatest story because it's hard to pick one, the number one greatest, but I've told uh, the Miami, the Miami girl, uh, shout out to Steph, of meeting her, the Miami story that I made an entire video about called The Greatest Day 2 of My Life, and that was the whole, on the ocean, we learned to feel the universe within each other. That's like, there's like five stories I have that rank as the greatest. That's one of them. The, at the end of the day, uh, three hour epic instant date with that girl I told a couple of podcasts ago, uh, after moving to a different city, city that ranks in the greatest stories. There's a bunch of them. This is about five of them. The Mally story. That's one of them. That, that story is a pretty great story as well that I just told with a uh, fucking sexy jutsu story. But the mansion story is probably the most ridiculous of, if not about just one lesson, just the totality of what happened. Not the greatest, but it's amongst those top five. I would say it's amongst the top five greatest stories. What goes on here? So thank you to Jane New and his super chat is def- most appreciated. Thank you, Johnny, for donating. He'll support the channel. Uh, 
and tea as well for also donating. Okay, you guys need to buckle up for this. You fucking buckle up for this mansion story because this is. I can imagine. I would love if I would. I would love for Adam to have sent this story in for social Q and A. It would make its own podcast. Oh boy. That's how important this story is that maybe it's worth its own actual podcast, like a separate podcast. Maybe what I might do is keep it as a part of this podcast, but separate it in post into a separate video so that you could always find the mansion story. Because this is ridiculous, this story. Ah, okay. Well, because we're here, we're here, we'll do it now. I'll think about that later. Okay. How do we, where does this even begin? We're going to take our minds back in time. We take our minds back in time to this story signifies my completion No, it's not. I can't go as far as saying that. It's it signifies the completion of a certain stage of the journey. Let's say this: the mansion story. What I'm about to tell you, the relevance of it, why it makes it, why it's so important, and why it's so formative for me, was because it was the first time that I had unlocked the keys of open qualification investment close in a day interaction, cold human being that I had unlocked, that then flew into a full instant date that led into the day two, progression of day three, dealing with a woman's hurt locker that also found me in a position of... Maybe it is then. Because now when I'm looking at all the principles, because linger effect was there, all the principles open and free relationship was there. And for hardcores of the podcast, if you've been listening to the Bulldozer podcast... For long enough, you will have heard pieces of this story. You would have heard me talk about this in different pieces, in different podcasts, but never once in one full package. But I've referenced many parts of it in different stages. Okay, let's just tell it and we'll we'll find, we'll see how we go. So, I'm early 20s. I'm early 20s, um, I'm, I'm in beginning stages of working out that uh, this is some shit. I passed the 30-day challenge, the first 30-day challenge, two years of no sex, no dates, no relationships. Thought I was in the cold approach journey, wasn't really. Was able to go out and get a number, they all flake. You know, romantically complacent as I described. But then went on the 30-day challenge, transformed myself through intense pain and found myself uh, with a few uh, open and free casual relationships by the end. Got into that uh, diamond in the sky relationship that lasted two years with one woman for two years after that. This is after that. So I'm giving you guys the context and time. So it was after that relationship had ended. And that's when, and during that relationship with her, you know, I was thinking that I wanted to become, I wanted to start teaching people about this stuff. And we're doing some stuff loosely around that. But it was nothing serious. There's nothing professional. There's no website. There's no YouTube channel at this point. And so it's after that relationship, and it's early after that relationship, I find myself in the mall. I find myself in the mall, Rundle Mall. 
summer, Adelaide, Australia. I'm walking down the mall with Jay and with Naj Pamaj. <laughs> Shout out, Naj. It's just, we're not really on a session. Jordan lives in the city, lives in the apartment. Uh, and we're just like, just fucking around in the mall. We're running, Dre's running off, meeting a couple girls here and there. Naj's meeting maybe a girl here and there. <laughs> I think at that stage, Naj was pretty scared at the time. And uh, I'm kind of just chilling. It's very calm, uh, just Friday afternoons, not too hectic. It's warm. Stunning. Stunning Teed. Absolute Teed walks by, for those of you who don't know, a very attractive Asian woman, but not fresh. So she's not like straight Japanese or straight Chinese or straight uh, Thai. She's that perfect blend of a time that I really enjoyed. That was that half Aussie, half US, half Asian. That's that's uh, what I used to be really inclined towards. I used to really like those types of women. Not so much anymore. I really like European and Latino women now. I mean, I like all women, but I don't swing so hard to that that uh, that side anymore. But that was the stage of when I was deep in that stage. And so this was just that type of woman that just light me up. And you know when it's a light me up that I don't even give it the time of day to let her pass by and do a direct stop, as has been trained and conditioned. Now, at this stage, it's really important to note that I am definitely consciously competent and maybe somewhere within, well, we're about to find out, are we unconsciously competent? That's what I was trying to debate before about, is this the full completion of the journey of social skill set? And so, but very confident, you drilled this, drilled open qualification investment quotes quite, quite a bit at this point. But she's so stunning, she's so beautiful to me that I don't even do what I know is the optimal consistent move, which is to let her walk by, run back around, obliterate her frame of reality, her bubble, and just go from, as we do, direct stop. I don't even do that. I do the third stop, which I say to all bootcamp clients nowadays, which is the stop that cannot be taught. It's the stop that can only happen in a moment of serendipity. And it's what I call, what's what I call it? The, uh, not linger, the, the, the saunter. There you go. Because I didn't invent this one. This is something that Matt passed on to me. Rest in peace, my brother. I'm sure you're not even resting. I'm sure you're doing something fucking hectic wherever you are. But when Matt was still alive and women were still coming up together, there was a, a certain way of stopping a woman to let her know that you were interested and to give birth to a human interaction cold that I'd never seen anyone do before and never never seen it ever taught anywhere online. It was just something that Matt did because Matt was a fucking boss. And it was called the saunter, which means that it, it relied on the serendipity of the moment. It's not something that could be... He never taught it to me. I just saw him do it and had to try and figure it out for myself, which was that a woman that you're trying to do is walk in towards you a good, you see her 20, 30 meters up the way, up the tiles, and you're just so, so in, enthused. You're so enraptured by her presence that nothing else will do. Nothing else matters. So I'm just going to saunter my way in and just stop her right in front of her. I'm just going to literally like go just, just like a, like a, just like a, like a fish, just like a fish in the ocean, just like a, like an octopus, really. It's really like an octopus, actually. Just kind of saunter my way in in front of it and just 
put my hand out in front and say, hey, hang on, what are you doing? You're so beautiful. My name's Adam. What's going on? And it's, it's literally just like that. It's like from 20, 30 meters away, the approach begins. But it's happening at such a casual Jack Sparrow type pace. And you just kind of, the reason why it's called saunter is that there's no abruptness to it. You kind of just find your way, for those of you on the podcast, if she's at the point directly at a point, you kind of just float into her. It's like you just float. And the entire 20, 30 meters that you guys are approaching each other, she knows because you've connected eyes and that you've got your hand out the entire way. It's like you've just put your hand out. It's like, hang on a second. Like this is, we can't let this slide. And so that is the saunter. And the reason why I say to all my bootcamp clients, like I can, I teach them the first two stops. I teach you the direct stop and I teach you the 45, but I cannot teach you the saunter because the saunter requires absolute presence. It requires serendipity of the moment that she's just the right woman. You're in the right frame of mind that everything else in the world gets obliterated. And it's just, I see her, and I'm going to just float my way and I sauna my way in. And it's just 100% success rate. There's, it's never, it never does not work. If you've deemed that this is the moment that I will use this, it's already done. Like you've, that's why it works though, because you're so confident in what's about to happen. So I saw on my way in, this absolute teed. She's a half Aussie, half Asian teed. She's wearing like this uh, denim, this kind of short denim, uh, short shorts, showing a lot of leg, kind of overall kind of connected to it. Oh, she's beautiful. I can still see it to this day. And I'm just like, yeah, it's like, listen, hang on, hang on. I like just like that. Hey, go, hey, you, you're absolutely beautiful. My name is Adam. So, what's missing there, guys? Context, but it's not actually like verbally, context is missing, but context was given in the previous 20 to 30 meters because she's seen me coming up. She knows I was with my mates. I was walking with two of my friends. She saw the context. I don't need to verbally state it. Again, would never teach this, would never recommend this. This is a, this requires some extreme drilling and conscious competence. And of course, she just fucking lights up. She gets super feisty. She's like, mm, well, thank you then. And she just, and I'm like, listen, you look like you're a fucking dancer. And I just start lighting her up with qualification. I remember she had, the, she had some extreme Nike airs going on. I'm like, you look like a dancer, but it's way too hot to be out here dancing. It's a really hot day. And so qualification ensues. You think it does, but after like one or two, she hits back she bites back and goes yeah Adam, how did you know I barely uh people never guess that about me and then but she cuts herself off just as I go to go chop her back up with her she goes but what we're we just gonna stand here and I'm like what? Oh, okay so bench let's go take her by the hand we're going to the veg so she had already she's like getting fed we're like 30 seconds into the interaction and says to me, what, we just going to stand here? Like really like, fuck it, eh? And I'm like, roop. I was like, roop. (laughs) Because even in my mind, it's like, I'll normally give at least a couple bats back and forward, but this is after one. And so it's like, and she's still the balls. She's got the fucking eggs to tell me. I'm like, let's go. So I take her by the hand. We sit down on the bench. And I don't even sit in the normal status. 
I don't just like sit down on the bench and sit down next to it. I literally mount the bench. I'm like, I get my leg over it so that our genitals are facing each other. I've discussed this with clients. It's an absolute nuance though. I'm not sure if you guys are ready for it. It's, it's too much of a nuance if you have no real experience. But if you were to break down enough human, cold and human interactions and to observe when a masculine and feminine being are deep in connection together, what you'll notice is that they will naturally mirror each other's body language. And that is not just shoulder to shoulder or leg to leg or foot to foot or hand gesture to hand gesture or head gesture to head gesture. It's also genital gesture to genital gesture. You observe enough of masculine and feminine behavior. What you notice is that their hips line up as if if you would imagine they weren't wearing clothes, they could potentially have sex in this position when the energy is on and correct and that they are reciprocating sexual attraction a woman and body and man's body will align in hip. Their hips match each other. And uh, I break this down with clients uh, very in-depthly on boot camps when we spent a year now it's because of COVID and the whole situation with uh, seduction, Gib. But when we used to run boot camps heavy, I'll point this out for clients on their infield and go, look at it when a woman and you are not connecting. What do you notice about your hips? Oh, they're, they're out of alignment. Look at now this interaction when you and this woman were fucking lighting up and going up together, your hips are in alignment. Hmm, isn't that interesting? So I'm so sexually attracted to this girl because she's so feisty that she tries to take control of the interaction within the first 30 seconds by going, well, we're going to fucking stand here. And she's like pushing my sexual pace. I'm like, it's like, so I'm going to meet that with an even more extreme level in which that, on the bench, what would be normal if you go on an instant day of a girl on a bench? You would sit down and you guys would be hip to hip. Oh, well, like hip side by side. You'd be side by side and you kind of turn in. Maybe I might rest my arm on the on the top of the bench so my shoulders are facing her so I can look at her in the eye. Then none of that. It's basically I mount the bench, which, of course, what does that signal to her? Well, you're going to mount the bench as well. So you've got two human beings mounting the bench facing each other you just need to visualize that like the way that you would straddle a veg or a horse and she's facing me with a face to face hip to hip imagine if those two weren't wearing clothes what would be happening here that's the level of intensity of sexual connection between her and i from such an early pace from such an early point in the get so we have a little bit of back and forward. We slide into some nice, cool investment. It's flowing well. We're getting to know each other. It's real shit. And I notice, it's probably, what, two minutes go by? I noticed that Jay and Naj Pamaj walk back because when they saw this happen, they just walked off. They know what's going on. They come back up the mall just to, not because they're checking on me, just because they were just walking back up the mall. And I recognize at this point, I need to get Jordan's keys to his apartment. Because Jordan's apartment is just down like 300 meters. Like it's a short walk down this way. And this is Mrs. Wright. Like this, this, she's basically telling me here, just take me now, let's go. And she's really pushing on me. She's still, even in investment, it's not that play, it's not that uh, cool. It's as cool as I can keep it. She's very feisty. 
So Jordan's walking by and I just get up out of my mounted position. I just walk over to him. I didn't even tell him. I just walk over to him and say, listen, uh, I need your keys to the apartment. He knows what's up. He gives me the keys. I walk back over to her. That's it. Let's go. Let's go. That's it. Just like that, actually. Like actually probably just with those that type of phrasing, just let's go. And she's like, all right. She gets up. We start walking. Start walking up the mall into the sun. It's hot. She's hot. So am I. The fucking energy is odd. We start walking towards the end of the mall. We get to Heinley Street. There's a block of apartments uh, just down from there. And uh, Jordan's, Jordan's uh, apartment is there. We get to the front on the main street. And someone clicks in my mind. And I go, actually, you wait down here. You wait down here, says to her. We should give her a name at this point. Definitely not going to mention her actual name. Should we say fake name Jenna? All right. Fake name Jenna. Maybe can I think of a better name though? Because to honor this story, we always say fake name Jenna. Ah, I'm going to call her Alice because of Alice in Wonderland. Not Her name has absolutely no reference to Alice. But I'm going to call her Alice because this is an Alice in Wonderland type story. Like the rabbit hole we're about to go down. So I said, Alice, you stay down here. Even though she was pretty sure she was about to go up to the apartment and we are probably about to have sex. Like, that's the nature of the energy between what's happening here. There was no qualms. When I said, let's go, she, she got it. She understood. But I completely short-circuited it. And I say, actually, because I was, even I thought I was going to take her up to Jordan's apartment. That's what I thought. But then I go, no. You stay down here. Even I was, like, confused when I said it. I'm like, no, you stay down here. Not even sure why I said that. Because what else am I going to do up in Jordan's apartment? I don't have anything to do up there. But I go into the lift. I take the lift up. It's a good couple minute ride up. Or at least a minute of going up. I walk into his apartment. I unlock it. I walk around a little bit. I walk into his room. Absolute pigsty. Fucking A, Jordan. And I'm just like, it's spelled terrible as well because of his other roommates. And I'm like, okay, I'll, I'll go back down then. I guess I've been up here and I'll go back down. I'm not really thinking about what's... What's going on in the moment? Other than that, I know she'll be there. That's when I look back on the story in post, what I was actually testing was the depth of trust. In the moment, I wasn't really thinking about it. But because of, I guess, the pace of what was happening, the fact that we only just met about half an hour ago, not even, not even that, 20 or 30 minutes ago, and so what I'm thinking is, uh, now looking back on it, I can say for sure was that I was trusting, trusting, testing her depth of trust because I do remember in the lift as I was literally just like, I was the only one in the lift and I was leaning on the mirrors with my arms crossed going, I bet she's still there. It's like, I know she's still there because if you look at what's happening here, I've asked a woman who thought we were previously just about to go up to my apartment and probably get down with it to just stand on the street with nothing to do. Just stand on the street and just wait for me. No allocation of time. I didn't say I'll be back in five minutes. She could have been waiting there for half an hour. I took my time as well. I was up there for five minutes. It took probably about five minutes to get up and maybe another couple of minutes to come down. Get back down without a shred of hesitation, without a shred of doubt in my mind. Of course she's still there. She goes, all right, one now. And I'm like, going this way. Take her hand. We start walking down to the River Torrens. Let's pause the story there for a second. Testing the depth of trust. Is this something I recommend for you guys? Absolutely. 
Absolutely. There is many principles being acted upon in that moment that show you a detachment from outcome, that show you a detachment from your ego, that also test the, the depth of trust that's happening for her. Sex doesn't have to happen right then and there. Just because she's indicating me that she is ready to have sex then and there doesn't mean you have to. Steady the ship. So get back down. Come out. I don't even explain anything about what's just happened. I say, let's go. Go by her hand. We start walking down. We cross over the war memorial giant. Like we, we go past the sanctuary, the sanctuary, this beautiful garden, and past the war memorial. And we're heading down to the river because I want to go down for the instant day of the river. I want to continue this day. Go down there. You guys would, remember, would recall this part of the story if you've heard to some of the sexual abuse podcasts now. As we're walking across the war memorial, she just happens to mention me to me that she's not living at her regular apartment. She's staying at her friend's place. Friend's place. And I say, why is this? She goes, because just yesterday morning, there was a guy who like broke into my backyard and was like staring at me while I was having a shower. This random guy. And I'm like, what? So you said some random guy was just peeping? Just just staring at you naked while you're in the shower? And she's like, yeah, I'm too afraid to go back now. And so I was like, too like fucking like shocked in my mind, like, by the way, guys, remember, she's very feisty, very strong feminine energy. But now she's like getting a little bit, getting a little bit real with me. But at the same time, playing it off like it's kind of nothing. It's like I'm making more of it than it is almost. Am I? Am I not is what I'm thinking in my mind. Because she's saying it so matter of fact. She's like, yeah, there's this guy. I'm really shocked. I was like really shocked and I can't really go back there. He's like peeping at me in the shower. But saying it like almost like it's normal is what I'm saying. But I'm going, what? I'm like, I'm freaking out. I'm like, that's some scary shit. That's some scary shit. But anyway, she kind of just drops it. And I'm like, you're a bunch full of surprises, aren't you? And she goes, hey, listen, this is what you signed up to. There's still a lot of sexual play going back and forward. So we get down to the river. Sunset. Going down. We're on the bench. You guys know what it is. You guys know what it is. Or do you? What are my originals think is going to happen now? Oh, it's going to kiss her. Oh, of course. It's going to kiss her on the bench. Absolutely. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. We get down on the bench. Sunset's going down. Swans are going down the river. It's perfect. Uh, we're on the bench just lighting up together. Uh, it's just beautiful, the connection between her and I. The opportunity to kiss her, it's like it's a done deal. It's like, this is exactly what I want to do. It's definitely the perfect moment. And in my mind, I go, how about no? How about no? Let's continue what we just did before. Let's, let's, let's just see how this goes. You abstained from the immediate sex up in the apartment. And you did something pretty reckless, actually. Pretty ridiculous. Made her wait down there with no idea of you coming back. Just to test the level of trust. How about let's not kiss her here? Let's trust. Let's just not. Back reviewing it in time now, it's a perfect move. In the moment, I wasn't thinking about why I'm doing it. It just felt right. It just felt right here that because normally, why do we need to kiss the girl in this moment? Why is it really important to kiss the girl? Sexual intent establishment. The reason why we must kiss the girl on the first date is to establish sexual intent and move this beyond just friend to friend. The very nature of a prolonged instant date or a prolonged day two is that it gets very friendly. It's investment. It is literally investment by its very nature. So we need to break that, break that mold, 
break that pattern and go in with the and he, you shut up for a couple of seconds. I need to kiss you right now. And you go in, you light up that flame. This is the standard operating procedure. This is how I would always do it, but not this time. Not this time. Looking back in post, it makes perfect sense. What have I described? The sexual energy is something on a different level. It's on a different planet. We are talking about a different dimension of sexual energy. I've never seen an interaction progress this fast in terms of sexual energy before ever from a cold human interaction. Never in my experience. She was basically communicating to me, we were ready to have sex within 30 minutes of meeting each other. Cold. So in my natural state, being there present with her on the bench, I go, actually, I don't need to kiss her because not that I'm thinking this, but that's what's happening is that our sexual connection is already established. This can happen whenever. So I'm going to just chill out and don't even do it. It sounds extremely complacent if you don't have the reps, but if you have the reps and you're reading the moment correctly, it's perfect. So, and the way that we know it's perfect is because of how the story ends. So we're there on the bench. She's probably wondering why I didn't kiss her. We spent a good bit of time, at least an hour, just chilling there, walking around. I take her back up to the mall. I remember the bus stop. I can still see it. And <laughs> still see it. It's so beautiful. Just you guys, if you're in Adelaide, you know that where Hindley Street and King William meet and just the you know the end of the mall. And you, you know when the sun just goes down and it's just so warm and you know, I'm seeing her off because her bus stop is just there. And like we're, we're finishing, but when we finish, she's like standing in front of me, but I take like, and so we're hip to hip, shoulder to shoulder, but I take a step even closer. So we're like so close that I could kiss her. And I'm just like staring fucking deep into her eyes. And I'm like, let's do this again. And she's like, yep. Oh, mama. <laughs> oh, mama. Even right now, it brings so much intensity of sexual connection. It's like, that's all I had to say. It's like, let's do this again. She's like, yep. And she just walks off. She walks off. I walk off. Do not look back. I'm like, that was one of, I put, so that's where the interaction ends, yeah? And I'm like, that was one of the greatest interactions of my entire life. This is like top five for sure. This is before Miami Girl, so it's probably even higher up on the rank in terms of time chronics. But it's I've from the moment it started, I had honored the lineage of my of my brother before me, who had I'd seen countless times execute that saunter stop. It was the first time I'd ever executed it in ever, really. Like I had I had tried to play with it, but realized that the more you attempt to do the saunter stop, the more it doesn't work. It has to be just a moment of serendipity. And I remember seeing Matt just do it. And the way that women, the woman that he was uh, approaching would just, she's stopping her tracks and just be lost in him. I'm like, how does this work? And it was like so incredible to see Matt do it. I didn't, he never got to, you know, it's like, he's not alive. He wasn't alive to see me reach that evolution. But for me, walking home, remembering, recapping the entire story of which is how we met, because don't worry, the story doesn't end here. The mansion comes. It's like, I, I, the, the thing that I remember being most elated about, the thing that gave me so much joy was that a piece of wisdom that Matt had somehow embedded within me had finally come to fruition. And even though he's not alive to see it today, it's like, I know, Matt, if you were here, you would have been so... 
you would have been so joyous. You would have been fucking off your chops at how it went because it's like honoring the lineage of lesson passed down. And that, that, that was the thing about how we met that really, it wasn't like how fucking attractive she was. Well, she's a straight 10, absolutely. Uh, and not even just society straight 10, my straight 10, which means it's even more pressure to execute, which is why you rise even higher. And the way she responded and the way that I responded to her saying to me, you know, you fucking, yeah, well, you're gonna fucking stand here. And I'm like, whoop, let's go mount that bench, get that hip to hip alignment so sexual energy can just be transferred. It's like, it's not even all those things which are higher, high level, not even just getting the keys saying, let's go and just lead, 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 reading the pace, reading her. All those things are on point, absolutely. But it was more that that lesson mattered past me, for sure. So, and even like the actual, and then think about the lessons of uh, having her stay down at the bottom of the apartment, not kissing her on the bench, just using lessons upon lessons over the past few years of development to make these critical decisions for what's best in the moment, a highly nuanced situation. And then to wrap it up on, let's do this again. And she goes, yep. And of course, we had exchanged phone numbers well before that. Before that moment. So, if the story ends there, that's just beautiful. It doesn't though, but just thinking about it, it's like, that's that's how human connection should be born. Not through fucking Tinder or Bumble or Hinge. It's like, those apps, those apps had a place on my phone during COVID, but they don't anymore. They were deleted a long time ago. Okay, let's resume the story here. So, we have a couple dates. I've got to get the I've got to get the order of them correctly. So I do, do remember this first day two. First day two, it probably happened. If that was like a Friday or something, I think it was. If not, if it was, if it was not the next day, the day two was on the Sunday. So it was only a couple days later. Shoot of that text. Hey, Adventure Time. Let's go. We shoot it up for a. It was roughly midday. You guys know the setup. Me in the mall, get a drink, down at Botanics. Yes, sir. Okay, we beat up. She's, uh, what's very, I remember this quite intensely, was that she was wearing the same boots as me. I was wearing, I was very much, I still still have them. Uh, I was wearing my Timberlands. She was wearing the female version of the Timberlands. Oh, so good. And uh, just the way she was dressed, so attractive. I beat her from the get. It's, it's just where we picked off. It's just where we picked up. And when we first met on the day two, Mall's Balls in the mall, I did what I love to do with girls that have uh, truly shown me something, which is that I give them that extended double-edged hug. I give them that dis- – I was just talking with a client. I was just coaching a client last week on hug execution and reciprocation of value, what hugs represent because he had fucked it up on his day two. But when a, when a woman has shown you a certain level of something in which that this is a different – type of interaction feel free to play with the hug the hug tactics the hug execution so i meet her there in the day too and i only do this with girls that absolutely light me up is that i bring them in i don't go for that one-hander which is standard operation standard operating procedures i go in for the absolute double edge and i'm saying that it's like crossing two blades across each other around her neck uh hug and just pull her in so tight Right, and so she reciprocates by putting both her hands around my hips, and so we're just like body to body. It's the tightest hug you could have, and you just hold that motherfucker. 
You do not let it go. You hold it to the point of where it's awkward. And she goes, what are we doing? And I'm like, Shh, just shut up. Just enjoy the moment. Right? And she's, she cracks up laughing. And then I'm like, make it awkward. Make it, make it ridiculous. And you just start, you start by whispering, but then you start yelling it out. So people around you are like looking at you. They're staring at you. Other people are laughing at you. She's laughing. I'm laughing. It's like, just fucking enjoy it. Are you getting like so like ridiculous about this hug? (laughs) And then you break it up. (laughs) I'd only do that with someone who is uh, showing me something though. I don't do that all the time. Very rarely. I don't remember the last time I did it actually. It's like greatest stories often begin that way. Girls that really show you something, I'll do that with. I was on a day two the other day. And to even think of doing that with that particular girl would have been silly. It's like, no, nah, that level of connection is not there. But the connection was there. So you, you do some stupid shit. So walk down to the botanics. <sighs> okay, time to bring her into my world. Time to show what I'm really about here. Let's get really real here. We're in front of the lotus pond. Yes. I always say lily, but it's actually a lotus pond. We're in front of the lotus pond under the giant tree. Let's do some meditation. She's definitely not the meditation type of girl. She's definitely not. She's like so hyperactive in terms of her energy. But I say to her, listen, this is a lotus pond. We're going to do some meditation. Let's sit down. We sit down. I'm I'm lying down because I like to lie down, look up at the sky. She's not, she's like not quite comfortable with it. She's like sitting down cross-legged. So while I'm lying down, she's like cross-legged and we're trying to do this meditation. After a couple moments and I open my eye and I realize that she's not really committing to it i'm like hang on hang on you can't do this you can't half-ass this half-ass this you gotta lie down she's like fine she lies down we're meditating i say a good two three minutes goes by and she's been pretty good through it two three minutes goes by just breathing just looking up at the sky just enjoying the moment i turn over i say hey you gotta sit up for a second She's like, oh, what? Why? She sits up, turn right over to her. You need to close your eyes. She closes her eyes. I go in. I kiss her. I can still feel it today. Just fireworks. Absolute fireworks. Just that fulfilling of soul type thing I described with Shia in a few podcasts ago. Not quite on that same level, but very close. Just, just so intense the passion, the romance between her and I. But pull back after a few moments. One punch man, that shit. I pull back because it's getting so intense because we've been building so much sexual tension up until this moment. And after that, just like three moments, three passionate moments of kissing her, pull back and I go, all right. <laughs> and I just lie down and I lie down and I go back to meditation and she goes, what? She's like, what, do you, what was that? She gets like super arced up and I'm like, what do you mean? What was that? And she goes, so what do you do? You just, you just meet these girls in these, in these malls and then you take them down to the river and then you take them down to the gardens and you just make out of them in front of the gardens. Is that what you do? And I'm like, shh, trying to meditate. <laughs> I was like, shh. <laughs> just, uh, I'm going to get back to the meditation. Can't meditate if you're talking so much. And that's when she started cracking up laughing. That's when she got it. She, she got the one punch, man. Make a big moment small, small moment big. Right. If there's pressure, relieve the pressure. If there's no pressure, add it. 
classic one punch man at this point and she just cracks up laughing she lies down next to me and uh she kind of just lies down on her side just shaking her head actually lies down on my chest for a little bit as well it's just perfect absolute perfection so things seem right don't they things seem right the uh i have logistics she has logistics there's no time pressure on either of us right here we could easily go back to my place easily go back to her place standard operating procedure would say just follow it through. This is right. She's obviously, uh, she's showing that trust. She wants to be taken to the next level. She's lingering on me now. She's waiting on me. The gardeners drive by in the botanics. Beep, beep. Excuse me, guys. Excuse me. Garden's about to close. Perfect timing because he gives you that out. He shows you, hey, we're closing anyway, so we better get moving here. So uh, I go, all right, let's do it. I get her up off the garden. We walk back up into the mall. As we're walking through the mall, I have many options run through my mind. I can go back to my place. Just, just bust back to my place. Uh, Jordan's probably not doing much. Go out to Jordan's place. I don't even know about her living situation. I know that she's with a friend, but you know we could potentially go back to her place just to progress the adventure. See what's going on here. We go back to the same place in the mall where I saw her off last time. Just And again, it's similar. Sun going down. It's so romantic. We front up again, shoulder to shoulder, hip to hip. I look deep into her eyes and I just shut up. I just look deep into her eyes as if I'm looking for some, is this what I want to do? Is this necessary? And even though those thoughts don't run through my mind in post, that's exactly what I was looking for. Is this necessary? Because I feel like I'm already done. I feel like we've already received what we need from each other, at least in this moment. So I go to her, we'll do this again. She goes, I guess so. She turns around. I turn around. We go home. Oh, man. Oh, my gosh. Just as lit up inside of my soul at the end of it because of how she received me. It wasn't like confusion on her eyes, as in why isn't he progressing this? It wasn't disappointment. It was a mutual reciprocation of that. We both received what we needed. There's no need... It's as if we have already had sex. It's almost as if that was done long ago. Oh, mama. Oh, my gosh. It just lights me up so much at this point because this is not a standard operating procedure. You have to meet. This is like on the beginnings of Blue Moon situation. It's so counterintuitive. It's so opposite of every other experience I've had. But it feels so right. And so I walk away and just that, I guess, we'll, you know, so we'll do this again. She's like, well, I guess so. Shit. It's that, that trust, the threads of trust that, that combine this rope keep getting tighter and tighter. That's what's happening. And I, this is our first sexuality was this, this moment in terms of physical connection with that kiss. And I was hard as a fucking rock as well. And she knew it as well. Like they, we were, I'm sure she was wet as a fountain as well. When you build that sexual tension so high and you pull the pin, and it was only a small pulling of the pin. It wasn't even pulling the pin... On like the, the absolute A-bomb, it was only pulling the pin on a grenade. But uh, it, gave, it, gave, it gave ideas of what the A-bomb would be like. That's that building of sexual tension. Just let off a grenade here and there. Okay, so that was the day two. Couple, couple nights later, I think at least three nights goes by. What's happening during this time, by the way? Are we texting a lot? Nope. Am I asking her how her, how her day is going? Nope. Am I trying to 
make all the mistakes that 19-year-old Adam made or 21-year-old Adam made with that previous dream girl texting her photos of my dinner and trying to just linger on her. No, absolutely not. It's just, I'm pretty much radio silence for the most part, just logistics to set up when we're meeting each other next. It's a Wednesday night. I remember this quite particularly because it was a weeknight, which was breaking a lot of my principles, actually. You would think. Normally, I don't meet girls on day twos. I don't have any day twos during the week. But for this girl, it's like, yeah, I'm a hitter on a whim. I just, Wednesday night, I'm like, I hit her on a whim. I send her a text and say, hey, you on a beach tonight? You on a beach and sunset tonight? And she's like, yep. I'm like, all right, well, you meet you, but because she lived wherever her friend's place was, was on the other side of town. So she bust into the mall and I said, I would drive us to the beach because the beach is quite far away where she was from. So meet her there, take her to the car, get her to play my music in the, her play music in the car. We go down to the beach at the time, I just began cold plunging. And even though it wasn't, even though it's summer, it wasn't like balls hot that night. I remember particularly. And the reason why I remember is because we were sitting up on the sand dunes and it was probably about 8.30 at that time. It was quite late. Sun is really already starting to go down. It's getting a bit cold. And I know that it's going to be cold. The water's not warm, especially when the sun goes down. And I say to her, all right, listen, you gotta, we're going to do the cold plunge. Let's go. She adamantly refused. She's like, nope, nope. <laughs> she said, not going to happen. I'm like, well, fuck you then because I'm going to do it. I take my pants off. I've still got, I've got underwear on. I wasn't, uh, I wasn't prepared with much else. And I go straight into the water. I do my cold plunge. And she's like, wait, what? You can't do that. You can't leave me here. And I'm like, fuck you. I'm going in the water. I go in. It is freezing. It is very cold. I didn't have a towel or anything either. I get back out. I do my cold plunge. I come back up. And she like turned into an absolute soft shell crab after that, as if this display of cold plunging just melted her down. She became so, so, she, remember, she's very feisty by nature. She's very nine tails by nature, but she became that soft shell crab. She got so feminine and kind of kitten-like. She became kitten-like when I got back up on the dunes. She kind of just nestled her head uh, into me and was just leaning on me and I put my arm around her and just as we were watching the sun go down. But she got very soft after that cold plunge moment. And uh, maybe it's because I showed her something that, looking back now, that she wasn't willing to do. And she was pretty much willing to do everything. Like, But this was too much for her. But the fact that I was willing to do it, we talked about this before, the permission effect. Sorry, the freedom effect that gives permission for people to be comfortable with you. If you extend that, it makes people very comfortable. Extend your freedom bubble. I remember there was a red balloon as well we were holding. <laughs> That's really random. But it was a red balloon we found on the beach. Anyways, uh, I know this is very random, my friends. Maybe it's not, actually. No, this is relevant. This is most necessary. As we're in this very romantic moment, We've been making out a little bit, been kissing her a little bit, but just grenades, no A-bomb, nothing intense, just a few kisses here and there, watching the sunset go down. Uh, she had a bikini top on, I do remember, but she was, uh, but not down below. She was closed up below. And I remember that I was, I was, had my arm around her waist, but I was also going up to hold her breast, but not like in a sexual way. I just remember this. That's why I said maybe this is a bit random, but I just remember uh, feeling that that was right and that I was just holding her breast and uh, she was quite well endowed as well. And But it wasn't sexual. It was very sensual. 
That's a detail I have not given a lot of thought to. But I just I remember that about the moment. Anyways, it was a very sensual moment. Here we go. This is where the, this is where the title of this story gives it gets its chops. So as I had met her, she'd bust in and I'd picked her up in the mall. So as the sun's gone down, it's getting too cold, I say, okay, let's go home. I drive her back and I say, I'll drive you, uh, I'll drop you back in the mall. That was what was understood. You know, I'll drop you back in the mall. So she could bust back home. I wasn't assuming anything. Right? And as we're driving back and she's, we have the same taste in music. She loves Janae Aiko. And she's been showing me a lot of these different R&B tracks and whatnot, old school R&B as well, the real R&B. And, and as we get into closer and closer to the city, I just say to her, listen, I don't mind driving you all the way back. It's a pretty far drive back to her, where her friend's place is. It would be, it took 25 minutes to get to the beach. Once we get back to the city, it's going to be at least 25, 30 minutes to get up. And this is what she's saying to me. She's like, no, 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 you don't have to do that. It's like at least half an hour. And I'm like, listen, I'm not letting you catch a bus back. At, like, at that time, it's probably 10 p.m., 10.30 p.m. I'm, like, I'm not letting you catch a bus back at this time. I'll just drive you back. Don't worry about it. And she's like, and this is another more. She goes, you're such a gentleman, aren't you? She's like, you're such a gentleman. Not feisty, though, but in that soft shell crab. So she's given me flickers of a completely opposite energy to what we first had. She showed me a lot of softness that I didn't think was there. I didn't think she had it in her to to say you're you you're in a really authentic way like you're such a gentleman, you know. I did, that didn't seem like the type of girl that I was dealing with here, hmm. and I just I remember that pinged something in my mind, which is going to build and explain some things later. So I drive through the hills of Adelaide. I'm starting to get a little bit. It's very dark, but I'm starting to realize we're getting up into mansion territory here. In Adelaide Hills, it is like big. These are estates. These aren't just houses. We're up in some rich country. And I'm like, where is your friend Liv? This is insane. We're driving through all these different winding uphill streets. It's like probably 10, 10, 30, 11 p.m. by the time we get to this house. It's not a house, though. It's a straight mansion. It is an estate of estates. It has a guest house. It, the house. The main house has a child house i've never i've never been in a situation like this before i've never been in a proper mansion before i've been in some very big double story places my dad had a big uh you know several you know good hundred acre plot and giant double story house back in in the country I, i've been in places like i've never been though in an estate like this where it's like has its own indoor swimming pool has several tennis courts has it has it the guest house is bigger than my house. Like it's, this, the big, the guest house is in and of itself a ridiculous house. <laughs> and so, but hang on, hang on, I can see the beginnings of this from the driveway. It's not even fair to call it a driveway, though. It's it's like it's on a huge uphill slant where I park. And I, okay, so we get we we park there. And, you know, there's that moment. Hold on, I got to get, we're getting too jazzy on this, on this house. We're going to get back to the social dynamics of it all. So we're there, we arrive. I can still see where I fucking parked as well. I can still see the moment. And so we, we, we stop there and there's that moment, huh? 
It's like we, we stop there. And what would be expected is that maybe a kiss goodnight, maybe a little pash goodnight. I'll see you next time. Especially based on the way things have been going, you guys would think, oh, maybe because this is the first time Adam's been as actually at her living quarters now. But based on the way the story's been playing out, maybe they're probably just going to call tonight there. Hmm. Whatever you think might's about to happen, I pull out the car and say, "Well, have a good night." And she goes, well, "You didn't. You didn't want it. You didn't want it." And I'm like. I want it. So, so few words are said between us. I get out of the car. I walk down. We parked slightly up the hill to walk to this estate. We get to the estate and she says, it's here. I'm like, what do you mean it's here? This is like a fucking, this is a, this is a barracks. This is a factory. This is like the driveway. It's not even a driveway. It's gravel. But it takes, it's at least 30 meters long to get up the driveway to where the fence is to let you into the estate. And I'm like, this can't be right. I can't understand what's happening here. And so we walk up this, this really long, wide gravel. Remember, it's like 1030. It's pitch black. The stars are out. The moon's, the moonlight's lighting up. We drive, we drive up, uh, sorry, we walk up and the, the fence, like the sliding feds, uh, is like the fucking Great Wall of China. It's it, that is in of itself is like 20, 30 meters long or wide, I should say. It opens up a certain, like, just enough for us to walk through. We walk through, and what I am met with, I just can't even fathom it to this day. So, what you guys have to imagine when we get up this giant driveway and we've got just 30 meters up the gravel stone. The Great Wall of China sliding fence slides open. What is in front of us is steps made out of solid wood that would be definitely the length of this room. So what, 10, 10, 15 meters? 10, 15 meters long solid wood planks. Just that's the steps. So don't even imagine like a stairway, like when I think stairway, or just like, well, that's a couple meters wide. I'm talking about... It's the width of this room. Like the the steps up to the houses are the width of this room. What? <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. It's like so insane. Oh. And I say to her, I like literally stop. I like this. You fucking kidding me, right? This is where you live? I said, well, it's not my place. It's my friend's place. And I'm like, well, let's, we're here now then. So what I do is... I walk in front of her and I do as Rockley did. I go beep, beep. <laughs> I bend over and <laughs> slightly, like a 45 degree angle, which gives her the gesture. I'm going to piggyback you up these steps. Beep, beep. <laughs> it's a reference from Naruto when, when Rockley asked Neji to get on his back. <laughs> and so she, she's like, she's like, no, no. She's like really shy about it. I'm like, listen, I fucking lift. Let's go. And so she gets on my back and I, because what I'm trying to do here is signify to her that this is a journey up these steps. Just getting up to the houses is a journey. So I need to get you on my back. I get her on my back and it is a fucking hole. I shouldn't have. I'm like, I fucking almost kill myself getting up these steps. Not only were they like the planks of wood that made the steps like 15 meters wide, 
there was like 30 of them. It was like, it took me so long to get up these steps with her on my back, almost falling over several times. So when we get up the steps, remember, it's like 10.30 p.m. And we're like laughing the whole way, probably waking everyone up. The moonlight's on us. When we get to the top of the steps, on my left, what I'm presented with is a really nice courtyard. Tons of giant plants, green giant plants, nice paved stepway. On the left is the indoor swimming pool. And I'm like, what's in there, girl? She's like, swimming pool. I'm like, is it a sauna? She's like, yeah, it's a sauna as well. I'm like, <laughs> It's like there on the left. On the right is the pathway that will lead you to the real house, like the actual mansion. We don't go in there though, but I just look at it and I go, this is, this is some Aladdin shit. Uh, this is a palace. This, I can't even see the roof. It's so high. Like you can't even see above it. It's so intensely big. How many rooms there are in there? I don't have an idea. It's like rooms probably have rooms in that, in that structure that is next to me but she goes we're not going in there it's okay and i'm like good good i don't want to go in there because i don't think i'm ready for that i don't think i'm ready for that like you're already blowing my mind enough let alone this this establishment this establishment that is next to me so we take the left path which leads to the guest house I can see on the way, though, the tennis courts in the back. I say, those tennis courts, she goes, they're fucking tennis courts. I'm like, I don't even play tennis, but I want to go there. She's like, no, 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 come here, come this way. Like, I'm basically, I've forgotten all about her at this point, and I am just walking around just like starstruck, just like stargaze, like, what's that? What's that? How does that work? How could that be? That's not right. That's not real. Just like slap me in the face. It's <laughs> like... I really slapped my face pretty hard then, actually. Like, this is like, I got like lost, lost sense of the fact that I'm with this most attractive, beautiful woman. The sexual connection is so unreal between us. Th- this space I'm in is more ridiculous than that, at least acutely. The shock is ridiculous. So she's like pulling me. She's like keeping me. She's grabbing me by the hand because like, I want to go in the fucking tennis courts. It's not just a tennis court, tennis courts. It's like you could hold tournaments here. The And you've got to imagine, this is not like a general suburban area. This is Adelaide Hills. So this is on a huge plot of land. And all the, like the nearest neighbor is on a next plot of land. Like it's, there's giant trees everywhere. It's just the scale is so outrageous. And so she's pulling me. She's leading me by the hand into the guest house down these steps, these little paved steps. Uh, I lose my way. I, I forget how to get there. The way, to, the path to getting to the guest house, because it's pitch black, is so long and winding. I don't even know. Like, I, I remember saying to myself at the moment, I'm not sure how to get back to the car. Like, there's a certain, we've been walking for such time. There's so much space here that I actually, I don't even know how to get back to my car. You're going to have to show me how to get back. She's like, listen, in the day, it looks easy. It's easier. I'm like, that doesn't help. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, I'm just so like, I'm such a kid during this moment. I'm being such a kid about it. We get to the guest house. Again, it's stupid. It's not a guest house. It's a real house. Like, it's bigger than my house. It's, it's, I can't believe it that this is the child house. We get inside. It's like, to paint it, my friends, it's multiple stories. 
it's a two-story establishment as well, just smaller than the one, the phallus in Arkabar next to me. Oh my gosh. We get inside and uh, she's all casual about it. There's a kitchen downstairs, but there's a kitchen upstairs. What? There's there's so many rooms in this little guest in little guest house. She's trying to just stop me from just getting just passing out essentially. Takes me by the hand up the stairs to where the master bedroom is of this guest house, and that's her room. I need to just take a pause for a second. I start to calm down a little bit. Because now that we're confined to one room, it's easier for me to get back to what's important here. But just I'd had to paint that I'm pretty I'm pretty rattled, like I'm pretty shocked at this point. I'm not I'm not that cool cucumber I was before. I let it all go. I was like, you gotta understand, this is insane. And she's like, I know, I know, I know, just come with me. <laughs> You think like the romance of the situation might be worth shaking it. No, no. It's just abundance at the highest level of human materialism. So, but because we get into her master bedroom and it's low lit, I'm back in Adam land now. I'm back in the regular normality. Like this is normal now. This is a normal room. It's a giant king size bed though. But it's low light. It's, It's getting my senses back. So, Okay, now I've got to get the order of events here correct. Yes, sir. So, we light it up. But when we light it up, in terms of just the low lamps, she's got a couple of low lamps on. I notice there's a guitar in the corner of the room. A, well, it's in its bag. I'm like, hey, is this your guitar? And she goes, ah, oh, no, it's not. It's my um my friend's friend. He's like a music producer or something. I was just holding it for him. I'm like, is it okay if I have a look? And she's like, yeah. I open it up. Oh. It's not just a guitar. It's like, I have a guitar. I've been drilling really hard to play guitar for this very moment, for, to be able to play for girls on dates. My guitar is only like $150. This guitar looks like it belongs to the Sultan who lives next door. Right? That's what it looks like. It's like a very expensive guitar. And I say, uh, is this brand new as well? And she goes, yeah, it is brand new. I'm like, are you sure it's okay if I touch it? And she goes, it's like, he's got like a hundred of them. Don't even worry about it. I'm like, Okay. So I get this guitar out. I get my app on my phone to tune the guitar. That's how new it was. It has never been played before. So I tune the guitar up and uh, and I just start fiddling. I'm sitting there cross-legged on this king-size bed, low-lit lamps, and I lose myself again. So I lost myself in the the insanity of the structural abnormality I found myself in. Lost myself there. Somehow recalibrated myself, then found myself in a situation with a guitar that all guitars dream of. It's just like, it's, it's worth thousands of dollars, this guitar. You can just tell, because I, and I know because I'd been researching these very expensive guitars, I could tell the, uh, the, the saddle, the, the, what the finish was on the top, the level of the strings, just the, the sound it made. It's like unlike anything else I'd ever even touched. And, and so I'm fiddling with this guitar here. I lose myself again. I'm not even concerned with playing for her. I'm not concerned with trying to impress her. I'm not concerned with any of these things. I'm literally just bewildered by this guitar and I'm just fiddling. And I go really unconscious. I start fiddling. And when I say unconscious, I mean, I literally close my eyes and just 
just fuck around. I don't even know what she's doing. I don't even know if she's still in the room. I really lose myself. But then all of a sudden she goes, she, she got off the bed. I felt it because the weight got off the bed, gets back on and I wake back up into the moment and she goes, no, 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 don't stop. Don't stop. And I realize she's got her phone out and she's like, I want to, I want to record this. I want to send it to my, um, to the, the guy who owns the guitar. I'm like, oh, okay. And I go back into unconscious and I'm just fiddling. And the song that I was playing, I can still remember to this day, was Thinking Out Loud by Ed Sheeran, Fingerstyle. It's something I've been drilling quite a bit. And it's really good. And uh, like, it's a really, it's, I didn't, you don't think about it at the time, but it's actually a very romantic song to play. And I'm just fiddling and she's just like sitting there on the, on the bed recording me playing this guitar. And then eventually just come back to the moment once I exhaust myself and I realize that there's this beautiful woman in front of me. And she's just like, she's like a little girl who's watching her dad cook dinner. You know, she's just, just like, she's not really, th- you can see she's not thinking a lot, but she's just so happy. Like she's just so, so happy. Like that's the best way of describing it. Just a little girl watching her dad cook dinner. You know what I mean? Like, you know? Do you know? I hope you know. And so I just, I put the guitar away. I go wash my hands because obviously the metal are on my fingers. I come back and I say, listen, it's your turn now. What do you mean? It's your turn. I want to hear your music now. You can put the speakers on. We turn these lamps off. I want to hear your music. And she's like, and of course that lights her up because she is actually a dancer. Very connected to her music. And I've been getting exposed to that a little bit. But music is, an, is a doorway for her. It's, a, it's an avenue for her to connect. And that's why I think she was so happy listening to me play guitar and not play guitar for her, but just play guitar just to play. It really kind of helped her to tap in. Because while I am lost in the moment with the insanity of the establishment of the palace and the mansion, and while I'm lost with the insanity of how this high-quality guitar, what do you think she's experiencing? She thought we were coming back as standard operating procedure to have sex to have the sexual connection together. But she's seeing the true Adam. She's seeing what Adam's like detached from outcome. It's like he's not rushing anything. He's really just sipping every part of the moment. He's making sure not to waste a moment, to enjoy the fullest of this experience. So she's like so calm. This is so calming for her. She's in that little girl watching her dad cook dinner type mind, which is no mind. There is no mind. I can feel that about her energy. She turns the lights off, turns the lamps off. It's pitch black, but the speaker has like an LED blue light. So that does light the room up a little bit, but it's pretty dark. She puts on her music. Janae Aiko playlist, old school. Can I fucking find it? If you guys want to know the song, because this is how deeply burned this experience is into my, uh, my being. Hang on a second. I don't think I will get pulled for this because this is I just want to I just want to play a second of this please YouTube without you guys fucking me over because if you can just hear this piece of music that will give you the vibe for what's about to go down. Uh but you can't find this song. You can't find this song on Spotify. For some reason, it's from a Janae Aiko album. Uh, I forgot the name of the album, but but it's called Beautiful Ruin. It has like 3.7 million views on it. 
But this was the song she chose to play. I just want to, hopefully I can play it without YouTube pulling me. Fucking YouTube ads. <laughs> Typical. DD tapped a ride. No, thank you. And here's another ad. <laughs> here's another one. So all I do is I just want to play this. This is the first, this is the song that she decided to play. Okay. Hopefully we don't get pulled for this. Hopefully I don't get pulled for that. You can search it up. It's called Beautiful Ruin. It's not available on Spotify. It's only available on YouTube for some reason. I have no idea why. It really fucks me off because that song is burned into my being. Because that was one of the first songs she put on when the lights went down. And we got in bed together. And I just opened up my arm. She put her head on my chest. And we just started breathing. Up and down. Up and down. And by the way, guys, normally when I do that up and down breathing, I usually use my left arm and use my right hand because my heart's on that side. But that's how intense this memory is burned into me. It's because I wasn't on that side. I was on the left side. She was on the right. She came in and she just laid down and just put her head on my chest. And when that song was playing, it's just, you got to imagine, really amazing speakers as well, of course. And so the the bass is, is just vibrating throughout my body you can feel it you can feel the music because that song has such intense bass in it and it just has that bluey guitar riff just running through it and there's nothing being said between each other and she's like really losing herself and i'm like oh i'm fully like letting go as well and like but there's no it's all sensual it's not sexual yet but it's all sensual but the sensuality is on next level not seeing this before of any woman I've been with. Oh, well, maybe in my deep, deep monogamous relationship with Blue Moon Girl, but that was deep into being each other with being each other for two years, not with a girl this is on the first time with, like outrageous. And so we're there, we're just breathing. And some of you might know this next part of the story. I go down, well, I look down to her, I lift her chin up. Two fingers under the chin. Go in and kiss her. Just that sweet, slow motion. Progress down to her neck. Start kissing her on the neck. She whispers in my ear. Don't hurt me. Don't hurt me. Just once though. Don't hurt me. Start taking her clothes off. Shirt comes off. She takes her pants off, take her bra off. It's just her and her panties, that's it. I work my way down like I'm putting a jigsaw puzzle together. I'm taking my sweet time as if as if I'm uh, as if I'm counting grains of sand. I work my way down her body as if I'm counting grains of sand inch by inch. Cell by cell through her neck, 
through our shoulders, through our arms, slow as can be. In the moment, I didn't register what don't hurt me means. I didn't know. I'd never experienced that before. I just thought, of course I'm not going to hurt you. And I, don't know, and I know you know I won't. So I take my sweet time, sand, sand grain by sand grain, working down her body, spending a lot of time around her neck, around her nipples, watching her let go of herself, just taking my sweet, sweet time with it, watching her body just melt, physiologically melt down, working down to her hips. I take her underwear off and I go down on her. But I give her the most the utmost attention and caressing as I finger her and as I lick her out. I'm using all the things that I've been taught from other women uh, over the past however many years and just so deeply attuned to the moment, to every single little quiver. She's, she's having all these like shakes and I've got my arms, of course, around her legs and all these shakes and then I finally take her into that combination of uh, rubbing the lamp and also sucking the apple. If you guys want to know more about that, got a full podcast on it called How to Go Down on a Woman, which basically means that you are stimulating her clit with your mouth, but you're also stimulating her G-spot uh, with your fingers. And that leads to, generally, that always leads to a full body orgasm. And if she's comfortable enough, we'll allow her to squirt. She wasn't there with the squirting, but she went there with the full body orgasm and just fucking wild. And, uh, Hard to control, hard to control. Getting my hands around those legs. I remember how powerful her legs were. And so she has that full body orgasm and I'm fucking exhausted after it. She's exhausted. And as I go back, I have to get a whole bunch of tissues because my face is soaked. And I get my, uh, I clean myself off and I get back into the bed. And this, you remember, it's just dark. There's ton, this music, R&B music's playing. She lies back in my arms and she goes, so is this what you teach, guys? <laughs> At that time, no, it wasn't. Uh, but she's just like blinded out of her eyes. Like she lost all sense of her. So she's like, is this what you teach, guys? Because she didn't really know much about what I did at the time. All I said was that I was learning to help guys, uh, you know, improve themselves, that type of thing. We kept things very, uh, we kept a lot of framework out of it. I didn't really know much about what she did at the time. I didn't really know much about her life. She didn't really know much about my life, to be honest. And that's the way I think a true organic connection should begin, if possible. As little framework as possible. And I say, no, I don't teach you guys this. But, you know, she obviously indicating that she's extremely satisfied with what has just happened. And, and at that point, we both knew this is enough. Whereas in previous times, especially previous relationship, put before that when I had a lot of sexual dysfunction and erectile dysfunction, I would have tried to go into sex then. Or I would have tried to force myself uh, to man up and perform now. But I, I think we both, we both realized this is good. I'll leave it here. Because of that, don't hurt me. I think that's where I knew. This is where this needs to stop. We received what we need here. And we just, uh, I didn't stay at her place that night though. Unlike the next experience. So after we had some time just to cuddle, it got to like 1.30, 2 a.m. or something. I say, I better get going. She's like, yeah, okay. So she, she takes me out. It, I'm like, she's like, do you think you're going to be able to get back to, the, to your car? And I'm like, I'm going to chuck it 
I'll find my way. It's like, I'll find my way. Because uh, it was very late. It was very dark. I say, she's, she offered to walk me back to my car. Like, it took us 15 minutes to bloody get here. So I'm like, you stay here. You go to sleep. I'll find my way back. I think I remember it. I didn't. I got lost. I got so lost. I'm like, I was really worried as well that I was going to trigger an alarm. And so I, 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 find, I get lost. I, I somehow found myself at the tennis courts. I get my, like I see her off. She stays back at the, the guest house. I've, I get lost in the tennis courts. I find my way back around uh, the palace, and the, but then I see the indoor swimming pool, so I, go, I know I'm close. And then, so I, then I see the ginormous steps of legend, and I walk down these wooden giant planks that look like they would make a Viking ship and go down the 30 steps, and I find myself down the gravel, and I remember this last moment. I find myself in that gravel driveway, which is barely, you can barely even call it a driveway. It's enough to even have another house on it. And I look up and the moon is just so bright. It's so full. And I just stand there and I just do the receiving the universe pose. Hands wide. Hands wide. Chin to the sky. And just receive the moment. And I go back to my car. And we drive home. And I don't even think. I don't even think. I spend the entire, it's a good 40 minute drive home for me. I, I don't recall a single thought. I just, like, I just smile all the way home. I didn't even break any of it down. Normally, I would break shit down. Normally, I'd be like, okay, get the positives, get the improvements to make. What, what's going on here? What the fuck just happened? But it's not just what the fuck just happened because what the fuck just happened was such a, something out of a movie I never experienced from the moment we had met. Like, it's just outrageous. This is why I said at the beginning of this podcast to X that even though this story wasn't relevant to the lesson he had to learn, you can see the, the depth of insanity of this story because it's not even over yet. But what's happened so far is ridiculous. Okay. Okay. By the way, guys, I do notice, I know that you guys are dropping comments in the chat, but for the sake of the story, I'm going to just keep playing the full story until we're done. I'll get, I'll get at the end. I'll address you at the end. So actually, I was going to say a couple of days goes by. Actually, a whole week goes by. Well, actually, pause that. Linger effect. Was it there? Of course. Uh, she sends me a text before I even get home saying thank you. Just saying thank you for the experience. It's something wonderful. And I respond back saying, of course. Of course. But then a week ensues of radio silence. It's like I didn't even want to text her. It's like I felt so grateful for what I had already experienced. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. It's like it's been more than enough to have just met her. Just the way that I met her was more than enough that one of my brothers who's no longer alive in this current reality i was able to take a lesson he fought he was always trying to teach me but i could never do and i finally did it it's like that was more than enough for me i was grateful beyond that point but then everything that happened after that particularly the way the first interaction ended where i said we'll do this again and she goes yep yep and all those moments every moment that's been led to this i've been so grateful it's like i i don't even after the just saying to her after the linger effect, reciprocating the linger effect, just saying, you know, she's like, hey, thanks for such an experience. It was wonderful. I said, of course. It's like, I don't even want, that nothing within me goes, you got to text her. You got to message her. You got to get sex. Like, there's nothing like that, even a shred. It's like, I'm just, I'm a little jellyfish out in a vast ocean. I'm good. I'm good. Week goes by. Radio silence from her end as well. She's not trying to text me. She's a strong woman. 
is Saturday night, probably 8 p.m. I know that doesn't sound late, but you guys, you know me. I'm in bed at 9 p.m. normally. So for me, that's why it sounded like it's super late. 8 p.m. to Saturday night. I get a weird whim. Brother's going out. He's going out for a night on the town. He wants me to drop him in. And I say, fuck it. Oh, no, it wasn't just that. We were going to have dinner with the fam first, and then I was going to drop him in for dinner. That's right. We're going to go out. Uh, we're going to meet the family inside uh, somewhere in Chinatown, I think, Good Good Street. And I was going to drop my brother in afterwards. But I thought I could parlay this situation. <laughs> I love that word. Parlay, one of the best words. I could roll this situation to something even more epic. I could have dinner with the fam and then I could go see Alice in Wonderland. That's exactly what I'm going to do. So I send her a text on a whim. We haven't texted an entire week after that amazing experience. I send her a text saying, yo, what are you up to? And she goes, uh, actually, not do it. No, 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 no. That's what, now it's all coming back. You guys remember, this is years ago. I didn't send the first text. That's what triggered this. That's what triggered the parlay was that she had sent me, it was roughly around 8 p.m. just as we were about to go out to dinner, that she had sent me that text saying, what are you up to tonight? That's right. She had sent me the text saying, what are you up to tonight? And that's when the parlay trigger came in. It's like, well, I know I'm going to have dinner with the family, but Alice in Wonderland after, because essentially she's communicating she wants to do something tonight. That's why. And then so, yes, and so... In my mind, I'm like, I sent back that text, not in my mind, but I sent that text back saying, hey, you want a Disney and chill? The origins of the Disney and chill. That is the exact phrasing, the exact words, you want a Disney and chill. And she goes, I fucking love to Disney and chill. You bring the movie, I get the snacks. I'm like, oh, mama, because I'm so excited about the Disney and chill. I don't... The idea of sex is not even a thing in my mind. Like That's not what's attracting me to the moment. What's attracting me to the moment is how aligned we are. About how when I say Disney and chill, she's like, fuck yeah, you bring the movie, I get the snacks. And I'm like, I'll go to Snackland. I'll go to Snackland. Because remember the time. <laughs> oh man, I was much younger out of it that time. So, so we parlay the situation. I parlay the situation. I have a great time with my family. I drop my brother into the main strip because he wants to go out and uh, he wants to get a bit of get a bit of roulette in him. I think uh, I think so. I'll leave out the other details, Lou. <laughs> He's playing go down to the cast is what I'm saying. Casino flows out in Australia. And then I go I drive back up to hers. So this is round two at the mansion. Mansion's not even a quite a good word for it. Establishment, palace. Fort, house, housing of 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 sages. Like that's how intense the place is. It still just to this day blows my mind. I've never experienced anything else like it. You know, I've seen footage of Jeff, Jeff Bezos's place, and that's it's not. It wasn't at that level, but it's like it's like maybe the child of of that. <laughs> so I'm back there. It takes me ages to find it because it's three Adelaide Hills. I get back. I've got my. I've got my USB, I've got my laptop, I've got my survival kit. Uh, no coconut oil for this one. I don't, I'm not sure why. I, I just didn't think it was necessary. I think because we've already, uh, yeah, it didn't, just didn't go through my mind. But my backpack with the candles and the laptop and the USB is on it. 
we get in. I uh, she meets me. I text her saying, "I'm I'm I'm at the mansion. I'm at the palace. Uh, can you let me in?" <laughs> because I'm at the driveway, and she's like, "All right, hang on, I'll come down." Of course, it takes her 15 minutes to come down. She drags me in. We meet up. We kiss right from the get. Very passionate. We get back straight up, straight back up into the the mini house, the mini house, which is a double story house in and of itself, with multiple kitchens. <laughs> Stupid. And so we we go back up. It's her master bedroom. Uh, it's all set up, and uh, and it's go time. It's fucking go time. Go time for what? Disney and chill. Uh, Beauty and the Beast, straight up. We get there on the bed, put my laptop in front, the beauty and the beast. She's on my left side this time, I do remember, instead of my right. And we just enjoy the moment. We just enjoy watching Beauty and the Beast and just talking shit about it, about how it's effectively this giant beast who who kidnaps this this little girl and treats her in the rape, puts her in the rape dungeon. Puts her in the fucking rape dungeon. That's what happens in Beauty and the Beast. It's actually really dark. Of course, he doesn't actually rape her in the movie. But if you just play it out in a real world scenario, that's essentially what he's done here. <laughs> so we're playing it out. We're having a lot of fun in this game, in this scenario. And, uh, and then eventually, of course, the movie comes to end. Eventually, the movie comes to end. That heavy makeout ensues. Heavy makeout ensues. I don't want to kick my laptop off the bed. I break it off for a second. I close that laptop and it's just now the moment. There's no music needed. I just turn the lights off and we just go into full connection. She doesn't say to me again though, don't hurt me. She trusts me now. Fully trusts me. This is our second sexual experience. What happens from there? I think you guys can guess. All the clothes come off. Uh, actually, it's important to mention this. I don't go down on her from the get this time. From the get, it's just straight sexual, it's just straight penetration right from the beginning. We've kind of already explored that together. So here, it's just, but once the penetration happens between us, I guess I could describe this a little bit. It was in spoon position. I remember this quite well to begin with. It was in spoon position. And this is something that, I know that I'll probably get in a lot of trouble for saying, but a lot of my I say it to a lot of my friends and clients. Probably get in a bit of trouble for saying this. Let me say this. I'll put a disclaimer here. This is not advice, what I'm about to say. I'm not telling you to do this. This is not medical advice. I do not recommend this. This is you must have the years of training as a as a young sage in training uh, to be able to master this, to be able to handle this, to be safe with this. This is not a safe move. But it is the best move. It's not safe though, and I'm not recommending it, and I'm definitely safe. In fact, how about this? Don't do this. Do not do this. So that now, whatever happens from this point, if you do do it, you cannot blame me for whatever happens as a result of doing it. With girls that I'm sure about, girls that I have deep connection with, that I know that they're just not fucking party animals going out and fucking three different guys a week, I'm pretty sure that she's clean, and I know that I'm clean. I'm not going to start with the rubber. I'm not going to start with the baggy. I know sandwich bag for Adam and Alice in Wonderland here. So we start off sashimi style. We go straight sashimi style from the beginning. What does sashimi style mean? Raw. All right. So we're in, we're in spooning position. I just remember her so well. And, you know, and we go in. I go in to penetrate deep within her. And it's just, it's, but it's something we always knew. 
it wasn't like the first time I kissed her at the Botanics and it was absolute fireworks. It wasn't like grenades going off. It wasn't an A-bomb being dropped either. It's something we always knew. It was deletion of selves. Deletion of selves. No Adam, no Alice. This is, it's like, of course. It's like, of course, this is right. This is flow. This is me entering her, her receiving me in her deepest of womb. It's like, of course. So what I'm trying to paint here is that it wasn't a mind-bending moment. We were both just so ready to receive each other. Of course, I, I wouldn't at least at first use a condom, use a sandwich bag. Uh, of course, that we would begin this and honor the connection that we've built together over the last couple of weeks as the way that it always should have been. Now, of course, being smart, young sage in training, panda sage art, carrot munching jutsu, <laughs> sexy jutsu. Uh, of course, I after after I feel like the spirituality has been honored, of course, I pull out and I go and get a rubber and I go get a sandwich bag. Because what's about to happen is hectic. Uh, now, once, it's almost like, you could imagine, it was ceremonial. It was spiritually ceremonial our first time having sex together in full play hallway. And so I didn't want to I didn't want to ruin that with the sandwich bag getting in the way and blocking that connection. It's like no way, no way was that going to happen. But I'm also not stupid enough to continue doing that knowing full well it would probably result in children, which we are both not ready for. So, but that pull-out game is strong. Very strong. And it wasn't even like I was going to take it that far. It was just honoring the build-up of this entire story. So you could imagine those first few moments that I enter her, the sensory pleasure is all out of the world. While it's not a shocking moment psychologically, physically, it's unreal. It's incredible. You know, that type of best sex you ever had type feeling. But it's just so, it's, but it's because it's something we've always known. We almost had this moment when we first met. That's what I'm really trying to describe here. But it's ridiculous. So... Uh, so I pull back out, I go ahead and I get, I get a sandwich bag to my, to both of our not really desiring, but of course has to be done. And it just gets fucking hectic from there. But I say hectic. I mean, I've always described to you guys that I'm a, I'm a rough and tumble kind of guy. I'm a, I'm a, how about another one of these type of guys? <laughs> Jordan, <laughs> I'm a, I like some atavistic shit. I had to throw. I had to get thrown around. I had to throw people around. There was some throwing around going around. I had to bite. I had to. I don't care if she wants to choke me a little. I'm gonna choke her a little. There's gonna be some shit that goes down here, and it's gonna get. Fuck you. You better have a separate house for what's about to happen because that's what's about to happen. It's there's uh, for those of you that don't know. If you're going to do missionary style sex, which means that she's on her back. You're on top of her, hip to hip. You're penetrating that way. That's rookie. That's rookie mistakes. You need to put a pillow underneath her, where her sacrum is, where the small of her back finishes, right, basically right where her lower back connects to her butt. You put a pillow under that to increase the angle and make that angle like a pile driving angle. That is when I when we got into that position, it was like, it was like. I'm sure other babies were born somewhere else because the sexual stimulation was something outrageous. It was like when you get that pillow underneath the missionary and then you push her legs up to her head. So her legs are at her head 
which creates this absolute tension in her vagina. And you've got that pillow, which increases the angle. And it's just, and, and she's just, just like screaming. She's like screaming for out of sexual pleasure and just like telling you to come and just fucking, oh my gosh, it makes me exhaust, exhaust me just recounting the experience. And by the way, it's even better is that there was a huge bedside mirror. So you could see angles of this. And man, it was, it was outrageous. Every position under the sun, extremely animalistic, extremely physical. Uh, she had multiple, multiple orgasms. But when you're, first off, it's very hard for me to achieve ejaculation through a sandwich bag. It's just not going to happen. Like, it's too many, uh, too experienced is what I'm saying. It's just not, it's, it's not going to bring me there. I'm going to, I'm going to, I can have psychological orgasms, but not in the physical. You need to go raw uh, for me to want to, to reach that peak, if you know what I'm saying. So she's telling me to come, but it's not going to, I can't, I can't through a, uh, through a sandwich bag. Like I'm too in tune with the moment, too connected to the present moment, too much control, uh, even if I wanted to. So, uh, so I, I leave it there. I leave it there and I say, I, be, I better not, I better not, just in case. Not because I'm worried that the condom's going to break, but because I can't actually be brought to ejaculation through the condom. So anyways, after I think, uh, I think this session lasted a good, close to two hours. Probably close to two hours. It's, uh, we fucking went at it. We, we went at it. And uh, pillars were shaking in that room that night. And uh, what can I say? It was absolutely beautiful. It's a beautiful moment. That night, uh, so I went and had a shower immediately. I also had my, my you know, standard operating procedure at this point. Go have a shower immediately. Uh, brush my teeth immediately. Bowl some water. Have some tea. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> it's just beautiful. But you know what's amazing about it is that we both just felt like best friends at that point. You know, in order, you know, the reason why the, the sex was so good and it was so animalistic was because we're basically best friends. It's like she trusts me to do all this weird, freaky shit. I trust her to grab me by the throat. When, when she was mounted on top of me and she was in cowgirl and she was riding me, she was fucking trying to uh, stop me from breathing with her tits. She was like, she was, that's like how she was uh, so aggressive. It was so aggressive. And I remember telling, uh, I remember telling this to Jordan the first time, just, and he was just like squeaming in his chair. She's like, she's trying to choke you out of her tits. What are you saying, Adam? What do you mean? <laughs> it's like, it can't be. It can't be possible. <laughs> because he, at the time at least, was very vanilla. And I'm like, Jay, you know I'm a one of the, these, another one of these type of guys. More like that. <laughs> and so we, we wrap up the experience. We do the clean ourselves off and we just go to sleep together. Uh, I don't sleep very well with other people though. Anyways, but anyways, get off on some tangents here. But there's not a lot of sleeping. We're just kind of just holding each other for the rest of the night. And I uh, wake up the next morning. I say, I've got to go do my shit. That's right. That's right. Because I had to go train clients as a personal trainer at the time at the gym. So I said, I got to drive into the city. And I was hoping to leave her place earlier before that to go home and just recalibrate. But instead, I literally drove from her place. Well, I mean, I had everything I needed there. She, she had an absolute, uh, she had everything we needed, you know, 
we can cook there, clean there, get wash my clothes if I wanted to in this guest house. And uh, but I'd already brought my my uniform and stuff. So I went back to the gym. I remember him, fucking Lee, Lee, and uh, was is my client, my eleven AM client. And I went and coached him. I went and trained him in the gym. And that was uh, that was the mansion story. That was the mansion story. Now it doesn't fully end there. Well, that the physical mansion story ends there, but what happens afterwards is very interesting as well. She sends me a text that after that wild sexual experience, as I remember because I saw the text. I was in the PT room. I read the text later that morning after I finished training my client. And the text was, again, the linger effect. Thank you so much for the experience. It was amazing. But you better see me again. You better see me again because I've never had a one-night stand before. But you better see me again. And, I'm like, I, text, and I texted her back saying, it's like, we'll do it again. It's like, it's like listen, you don't know where, we'll do it again. Think about that in the context of the story. Remember when she said, don't hurt me? And now she's saying at the end, hey, better see me again. You think about there's some stuff that's happened in her past for sure. It's not quite relevant to the story for us to dive in right now. But we have talked about it in previous sexual abuse uh, podcasts, and she was someone who definitely felt sexual abuse before. Uh, you better see me again. That's the epitome of the linger effect. And that's when you know the experience was everything she needed, everything that I needed from beginning to end. That is, my friends, the mansion story. Thank you. I need to take a piss. I really need to take a piss. But before we do, because I want to address some of you guys in the chat. Yeah, I'm just going to take a quick piss because we've probably been going for, we've been going for well over four hours here. We've been going for well over four hours. I'm down like two bottles of water. I'm just going to take a piss. I'll come back and read some of your guys' comments. But just before I do, please drop a thumbs up on this video if you're enjoying this content, if you enjoy that story, if you're listening to this and post, drop me comments. If you guys just have some overall thoughts about your reaction to that story, please drop them in the chat box. I'm just going to take a quick piss. I'll be back in a sec. Liters of piss just came out. So, here we go. I'm going to read some of your guys' comments and we'll piece it out. Okay. So, the first comment, driving back up. Tuckerman couldn't say, did you tell her that it was your mate's apartment? Yes. So, that's going back to the beginning of the story. Uh, just a little logistic that T wanted to know. When, we first, when I first met her and I said, yeah, because I said I'm going to get the keys. I remember saying to her, I'm getting the keys from my f- friend's apartment. And yeah, definitely. She knew that it wasn't my apartment. 
And Takumi then go on, went on to say, this is legendary. <laughs> like you'd say, yes, it was. And that was at the beginning of the story that he put that up. Jay Nu then came in saying, best super chat I've ever dropped. Yes, sir. And thank you for that. He then went on to say, you've got me in mochi mode as I have Janae Aiko in the back as I'm completely vibing. Yes. The closest I can think of in my own experience is my last monogamous relationship when we met lukewarm. Looking back, I remember so much more about the way we began than I do about the relationship itself. Listening, the atmosphere, I just had to throw down 50 press-ups because you had me restless just listening. Oh, shit. So, uh, Jay, I honor that uh, what you're describing there in terms of the realness you had with your previous and how the way things incept are so important. Imagine if I had met that girl through online dating. Get the fuck out of here. It's like, that's why those apps aren't even on my phone. It's like they are for the COVID situation, but otherwise they are deleted. It's like, it's, it's so interesting because we had eight months of the COVID lockdown hard here in Adelaide, Australia, South Australia, with well, that situation anyway, where meeting people cold wasn't a real thing. You couldn't really do it. So I had to day and night be using these apps, but I haven't used them in a long time now. Like I haven't even opened them. It's so weird to even think of using online dating now because the real thing, the real thing's what it is. The way things incept have such tremendous, tremendous value. How could I ever honor the lessons that Matt passed on to me if I was meeting girls through online dating? How could I ever have met her the way I did through the saunter and learned that for the first time? You can't saunter through a Tinder. Get the fuck out of here. So, but and then I also give you mad respect for just hitting up 50 push-ups uh, because you were restless with the sexual build-up. <laughs> yeah, don't mind that. The atmosphere for sure. Jay, he then went on to say, us, with a shaka, saying much love and applause for that rendition, Adam. Thank you for being here. Thank you for being present for all of it, Jay. I'm sure it's very late for where you are right now. So I thank you for being present and tuned. Takumi had just put in a simple emoji of a mind blown at the end of that story. Thank you, Takumi, because your super chat also was a part of this. And that uh, that's most appreciated. Thank you for being here. Jay Nu then dropped a further super chat of $2.99 with a Shiba Inu. I really think it is a Shiba Inu. I don't think it's a fox. It's a Japanese fighting dog who is saying bye-bye, <laughs> waving his hand. Thank you, Jay, for both of your super chats and for the Shiba Inu giving me that jane. I'll see you next time for sure. And my friends, this is where this podcast now wraps up. I don't want to. I don't want to overstate though how insane the first story was. While my story might paint some inspiration of the dance between masculine and feminine sexuality and what can be born through a cold interaction, I think it is on the same par of weight of insanity as X's story at the beginning. But the lessons in X's story are all time. They are all-time legendary, even above. Because what you're seeing there in my story is the completion of a journey. Completion in asterisks. Completion of a certain stage of the journey. What you're seeing in X's journey and X's story is the honoring of everything that needs to be done for someone who journeys through pain. It's the story of overcoming oneself. 
And so they're, they're apples and oranges. They, they, they do two different things for you. X's story is learning from pain. Adam's mansion story is learning what it means to put it all together. Like it's two different stories, so I can't, they don't really compete with each other, but I feel that they definitely have the same depth of insanity of what happened because they're just so rare. They're just, you're just never going to hear things like that in any other space. Yeah, so so don't forget about that. And X, I want to finish this podcast, so I'm not forgetting about you. We gave two hours and a bit to your story because of just how ridiculous it was. And I thank you so much for being the person that you are. I can't believe how strong you've become. And it's an absolute honor for me to call you uh, one of my clients and to be entrusted with helping to guide you on your journey of development. You know, the, the honor is mine. The honor is mine. It's, it's, it's the love of my life to see the development you're going through right now. To be the person you were a year ago in New York, I wouldn't have even stood up close to the person you were with this deception of this girl. No. You're growing strong, son. Stay the path. Stay the path. Keep walking. I'll see you in a couple. I'll see you in 10 years. I'll see you in 10 years. We'll see where you are then. And for the rest of you, I thank you so much for being present. Thank you for your presence in this session here. Before you run off, I'd most appreciate a thumbs up on this video if you haven't already. And uh, for those of you listening in post, don't worry, I'm here for you guys as well. Uh, go ahead and drop a comment with your feedback at the end of this. It'd be most appreciated on the YouTube video. I'll see you guys next Monday. Until then. Wishing you the absolute best in your lives. Let's saddle up. Much peace and much joy. Ciao. Thank you very much, my friends, for diving into this episode of Social Q&A Live. Hope you enjoyed it. Hope you had a great time. And just before you run off, don't forget, that guided meditation, Eternal Energy, has now been released, now available at boldojo.com. Dive into who you are and evolve beyond. You can also pick up the ebook, book one-on-one Skype coaching, all at boldojo.com. Donate anything you wish through the PayPal links or the Boldojo podcast uh, donation link. All of that's tremendously appreciated. And I'd also love your feedback on this session. Whether you want to, actually, I'd most appreciate your feedback on the actual YouTube videos itself. If you go into YouTube, drop your comments there. That's probably the best way. It really just helps support the channel. And I always, uh, I actually source the next episodes of Social Q&A from the previous episodes of Q&A. I often just look at the comments and often find really good uh, ideas for topics there. So if you got a suggestion for a future social Q&A that we can kick things off with, just head over to the YouTube channel at The Bowl and uh, drop it down there. Get engaged, subscribe to the channel, support what's going on here. And that would be uh, tremendously appreciated. With that being said, I wish you all the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy.